Now. Three, two, one, go! What's up and welcome to episode 39 of the Cooldown Time Podcast, a horrendously good weekly show about gaming's best and bootiest. I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco, and joining me as always is my co-host and the king of podcast co-op. We got Pablo in the house once again. What's going on, man? What is happening? We're ready. Another good episode on the way here. Ooh. I, pr- I th- I'm, I'm, I'm having a, a kind of a... A belief here that people are going to come away from this episode really mad at us or or absolutely in agreement with us just they weren't brave enough to, to admit these things but we were brave Listen, we brave man, as, as the great clayton bigsby of the Chappelle show once said if you got hate in you let it out okay and we're gonna do that <laughs> with uh with our checkpoint chat in this week's episode which is going to be our hot takes uh, about all things gaming. We're going to look into the past, the present of gaming, and, and me and Pablo have selected five hot takes each that we're going to be sharing round robin. And word of warning, as Pablo said, there might be some stray bullets you guys are going to catch as as, as we uh, unveil some of our controversial, blasphemous opinions about oh, gaming. Oh, not blasphemous. These are facts that they're unwilling Ooh. To uh to accept. Okay. All right. You Opinions know? are facts on the Cooldown Time podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So that is going to be our main event of the episode. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for that one. Uh, we also have our hit points, which is our new segment of the show. We're going to be talking about uh, Star Wars uh, and, and what EA has got planned for uh, their next couple of games in the Star Wars universe. We have uh, a rumor about Gears of War. That's pretty fascinating. And we have our first glimpse into the Halo live action TV series and let's just say we got thoughts about that one um, and of course <laughs> we are going to start the show with our loadouts which is what we have been playing uh, since you last heard from us and we have uh, a, a pretty fascinating game to talk about that uh, we're going to be eating some crow uh, during this episode uh, so we'll be doing that um, it's our little ASMR uh, for this episode for sure uh, so you're going to hear us chew on our words of, of uh, episodes past uh, in, in that segment. So if you like what you hear uh, and you're new to our podcast, give us a sub. Uh, we upload new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, other streaming apps, and where you're listening to us right now, of course. Uh, and you could also keep us in your FOV in between episodes by following us on Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast or on Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod to stay connected with your boys. Uh, before we get into the episode, um, it's always uh, good to give some weekly shout-outs out to some of our followers and some of our, our, our supporters, and uh, we definitely want to do that once again this week. So special shout-out to Chapman.Colin, otherwise known as Colin Chapman. Uh, retro.gaming.clips and technical difficulties PSB. Thank you, uh, all three of you, for your support. Um, Chapman Collin is a, is a follower of ours that, that's, that's really uh, always engaged with us really nicely on Instagram, and he has his own YouTube channel. I think it's One Classic Gamer, if I'm not mistaken, so go swing by that and uh, check him out. He's part of the Cooldown family, so let's show him some love, too. Um, but yeah, thanks to all three of you for your support. 
We love y'all. You get a free back rub by Pablo. Uh, anytime you want, he will fly out and, uh, and, mm. and, and get the baby oil out for you and only you. Um, Thank term, you for volunteering me. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, so, uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and dive right in. Let's get started with loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right. All right, Pablo, it's time. Uh, we have uh, we have talked uh, many a times last year and even into this year about uh, Pokemon Legends RC car, and um, we've had a lot of, of of concerns, a lot of doubts, a lot of interesting takes as we have uh, been waiting for this game to come out, um, and it's finally here. It's finally here. Me and Pablo both ended up uh, deciding to, to, to dabble in this game since it's, uh, it appears to be a, a, a very big turning point for the Pokemon franchise. And so uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to unpack this. And, um, you know, Pablo, I think the best place to start is to kind of give a little bit of context about our, uh, our individual connections or maybe a lack thereof with Pokemon in terms of just our origin story with Pokemon. Um, where does Pokemon sit with you? What's your background with this series? And, and you know, if there was a drop off, what do you think kind of contributed to that uh, in, in your earlier years? Yeah, I think people in our age group uh, really, uh, they saw the start of Pokemon, just the explosion of that. Uh, and I think my introduction to, to Pokemon was actually the cards at school. Oh, uh, really? The, yeah, that's kind of how I got into Pokemon. Uh, I had a group of friends who were really into collecting, not so much playing. I, I didn't know anybody who actually played the game, uh, you know, the card game, rather just collect the cards. And I, and you know, I, I started collecting right along with my baseball collection, basketball collection cards. It, it was the thing that I started doing, especially in middle school. And that's my introduction to them. Really, my my my, my knowledge base of Pokemon just comes from the original 150. Uh, and that's kind of, that's kind of it. Uh, my drop-off, like, I, I played Pokemon Snap, and I played uh, some of the Pokemon RPGs. And since then, I've played pretty much all of them. But uh, my huge introduction, and kind of like the only way that I really knew Pokemon was through uh, the cards, Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Stadium. That's kind of like where where I, w- I lived in, in that in that way. The RPGs came a little later, and I've since rectified that. Uh, but my big fall off was probably um, XY, uh, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. It's a game that I enjoyed uh, quite a bit, but uh, it, it was just like once I finished it, or once I got close to finishing, because I never did finish it, I just didn't have any kind of... Um, I don't know. I didn't want to ever play a Pokemon game again. Now, that's not totally true because I've since played all the Pokemon games, but I've never fell into like any kind of groove with them. I always played them. Yeah, I get the the the, the general con- the general idea of the game and so playing through it was like it was just fine. I it was never like it is now with Legends where I'm like into it like really into it like this is actually a good game even though i personally like sword and shield a little bit it was it was never kind of like oh this is game of the year material type shit and that so yeah that's where i stand with the series yeah that's interesting i, I never knew that your start was um more so on the card side um i always thought it was like the games first and then kind of Mm-mm. branching out from there that's fascinating um yeah, yeah mine is mostly because of um it's because of the cartoon um, the cartoon really, really did it for me. Um, that the I barely watched that by the way, huh? I barely watched that by the way. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. 
that's what got me into it pretty heavy because, um, you know, I, I didn't really know anything about Pokemon and I didn't understand the concept of it. I, it was, it was 1990. It was like the, the mid nineties, I think 96 or something like that. 97. It was a little later. It was like 97. 98. Yeah. So I, I really, I didn't have Maybe any kind 99. of, I didn't, yeah, I didn't have any kind of affinity for, for Pokemon and, and my taste in gaming was in a weird spot because I was at an age where I was kind of getting tired of the cartoony stuff and I wanted to play more like cinematic experiences, like the PlayStation kind of stuff, uh, like Final Fantasy and things like that. I was I was more interested in those types of games and the cutesy, cartoony, Nintendo-y stuff. Um, and I think that also I was moving away from handheld gaming pretty rapidly, uh, even as a kid. Um, I just never got into handheld gaming like that too much. It always, it was always less than ideal. I would, I would much rather play a game on my TV with a regular console, and I, that was really always the case with me. So I haven't actually owned a lot of handheld uh, devices over the years, but the Game Boy obviously was was one of them. Uh, I shouldn't even say obviously, but I mean it was for me. Um, so naturally, I kind of gravitated to it to see what all the fuss was about because people were talking about it in school and what have you. And I got really, really into the the uh, the red and blue uh, games. That, those were my bag, and uh, I was in them pretty deep. I mean, I I, I loved that game. I, I you know I was really into the Pokemon. I all the Gen One Pokemon to me are still super memorable. I think it's still their yeah. best work overall, pound for pound. Um, but I just like I said, yeah, I just kind of got to. It, it, it was like the the last game that kind of snuck in. Before I started wanting to play cooler games, in air quotes, <laughs> you know what I mean? And and, and I just, yeah. uh, I never really came back. I didn't play a lot of handheld games since then. Like I said, I kind of dropped off from handhelds in general. Um, so I really didn't play a lot of Pokemon at all um, unless, you know, I had borrowed it, like, a, you know, something from a friend or whatever over the years. But um, the honestly, the first Pokemon that I really played hardcore was the Let's Go Pikachu one, which was the remake of the original Red and Blue or whatever. Yeah, I like that one quite a bit as myself. Yeah, and that's when I was like, oh, okay, you know, but I, I, I kind of still dig this, but I, but I also was like, man, this is the same stuff. And I, you know, when I played Sword and Shield, I enjoyed Sword and Shield a lot, but it was kind of the same thing too. So it was I, like, ah. I kind of... I kind of make it into like a summer blockbuster, like turn off your brain type of game where mm. it was just, oh, Pokemon, it's exactly what you thought it was yeah. year in, year out. <laughs> and and it was just kind of like it's this formula works for me, not in a way where I would like, again, I would say it's like one of the best games I played that year, but it's just a consistently good formula that was beginning to turn a little stale, especially with Sword and Shield where I am li- literally got up to the last trainer ready to beat the game. And I was like, Actually, I'm good. Like I literally 20 minutes away from beating that game, but I was like, I, I don't, I don't need to that know what so happened. That's so Pablo. Here, that story. <laughs> that is 100 Pablo. Yo, he will get to like the scene before the credits and just be like, eh, eh. I'm, guys, you have no idea. I am about, and I looked it up. I'm about a 10 minute session from beating Ratchet and Clank. Oh Park, my god. <laughs> Yo, next month I'm going to get into, I'm going to describe like Pablo's gaming habits in in a way that I've told him the, I've told him this before, but I'm going to, I'm going to unveil it to the listeners one day and it's going to, yeah, because I know what, I know what next month's going to be for this man. That's why I'm going to, I'm going to hold off for now. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I I mean, yeah, I mean, and I guess, you know, to your point, going back to Sword and Shield, it just kind of spoke to the fact that this series really, as far as the mainline games are concerned, it, they, they needed a shot in the arm so badly. So when Legends, are, you know, Arceus got announced, it was like, all right, 
here we go. Here, here, here's what we've been talking about all this time. So uh, let's go ahead and kind of transition into what we think about this game. You know, uh, we'll talk about the impact of it kind of at the end of this conversation, over, like in a general sense. But let's just kind of kick this off with talking about, you know, the, the strengths and weaknesses of this game from what we've experienced of it so far. So um, how about you go ahead and kick it off? Tell me what yeah. you're thinking. Before I do that, one thing I want to say. You said Gen 1 was their best work. I disagree. I think Generation 4 is their best work. But, you know, that's kind of like just... I think for us, we think Gen 1 as being the best because it was the first. But I think Gen 4 was probably the better generation. Anyway, okay. uh, let's get into here uh, my thoughts. I, I Here's the thing with this game. It is... It is, I, just a couple of days ago, I, I was kind of on the fence. Not that I didn't like it, because I, I loved it. But I was weighing some things uh, in terms of the tech aspect of it and the gameplay aspect of it almost evenly. Like, you know, love it, hate it all at the same time. And it's kind of a difficult game to, to wrap my head around. But playing more and more, I, I have to say, uh, the game is great steps into the right direction. Um uh, other games that have evolved from what they're known for do it incrementally, and this is what this game is. I think people are clamoring for that next generation of Pokemon, not on a next-gen console, is insane. And I, and I think that Game Freak has dragged their feet a little bit in terms of finally evolving the formula, but this is the step into that direction. And I think that everything from the gameplay and the conceit of the game being more focused on catching Pokemon, which is kind of like the where this entire thing started is really smart um i i i do have to say on a tech level the game is a little messy for me uh resolution frame rate drops all that stuff is all there the pro the thing is is is, is i don't even notice it anymore i let me rephrase i notice it but it doesn't even matter anymore to me because the game is so it's so fun to play and it's kind of you get into these rhythms and just kind of going out into the world and just collecting, uh, gathering information, going back to the professor, you know, kind of turning in your quest, getting points to, to get your star ratings and all that stuff. All that stuff is really, really fun. And yeah, the open world aspect of it is lacking in a lot of ways and there is really not. There's faux exploration. There's not really you're not really gonna find anything in way of exploration. Everything that's in the area is there for you to see and kind of do right there. You might find some far off cave or something, but there's nothing really there for you. It isn't like Breath of the Wild or any kind of exploration heavy game where it rewards you for going on top of something and going around a corner and 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 kind of like finding you know something you probably wouldn't have found or important to you or rare there's none of that really here it's just it's just kind of straightforward open world uh and that's okay because the game really lends itself to that it's the way they change the way you play it from moment to moment like it's the 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 pokemon are out in in the world just like they were in sword and shield but the way you catch and the way you, you you initiate fights are more involved. You know, you throw your Pokemon. It feels more like, to your case, the TV show, right? When you're going out, he's Ash is walking around, he's throwing his his, his Poke, uh, you know, starting a fight. It feels a lot like that. Just throwing your Pokeball and trying to uh, catch your the Pokemon. Uh, all that stuff is done in real time, and that's phenomenal. And the fact that when you play that, um, the, when you get into battles, feels like Stadium Pokemon Stadium, where you're you're the trainer and you're walking around, running around the, the actual match and kind of like trying to get different angles. It, it's all like how you play the game and how you kind of immerse yourself into it. I, I think all that stuff, wholly unnecessary, but really, really cool details that they put into the game. And then everything else they do with the um, 
with the alpha uh, Pokemon. I think that that's, that stuff is really cool. Engaging in these battles with alpha Pokemon. I beat a, a, a Rapidash uh, alpha, and then I got, like, the candy experience stuff. Uh, it, it's stuff like that where it's really just, it's all about, it's all about being in that section of that map and just exploring with the Pokemon, catching Pokemon and all that stuff. And all that, it, it, I, I told Marco I was a little concerned about the repetitious uh, nature of it and how it might get a little old. But every new area you go to has these new Pokemon that you haven't seen. And, and, it, and since the conceit of the game is to catch all Pokemon and many times catch them more than once, you know, uh, and, 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 and battle them more than once, it really becomes like, oh... Down the distance, you see uh, a, a Pokemon you haven't seen, a pincer or anything, and you run over there to to, 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 to catch it. it. It's really, really cool. I, I think that they, they have something here. Um, I think that they were really smart in the way that they made everything really minimal in, in terms of, like, the graphical output and all that. Just because they, they, put, they put so much into the game in order for it to, to, to run in the way that it does run. It's not great. But it, it was a really cool concept uh, of how they did it. I'm a little... I'm not a big fan of the story. Um, you know, they, they talked about it being a prequel. It is a prequel, but your character is the avatar for the player, a fish out of water. You're probably from the future. I'm, I'm guessing that's what's happening. He, he's from the future, and, 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 and you know, you, you are aware of the Pokemon. They are not. You know exactly what's happening. They don't. And so it's kind of one of those things where I thought it was just going to be more of an origin story where everybody's going to be on the same page kind of thing. But, you know, we don't play these games for stories. Never have. This is probably the, one of the better stories anyway from the Pokemon for the last couple of years. And then just, just compound that with, with um, the gameplay and all that. It is, it is one, one hell of a time that I'm having with the game. And just, you know, just a couple of days ago, I was kind of like, I, I'm having a good time. Though, it brings me to one point. My last point here, Marco. And, I, and, and I, I'm going to get your opinion on this. Okay. So this is kind of a, a, a kind of game about spice, an uh, uh, episode about spicy takes. I think Game Freak is not that talented of a game studio. Um, I think they do the best they can with what they have. But when I look at different games, uh, Breath of the Wild, uh, Monster Hunter Rise, Switcher, uh, Witcher 3, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, they all exist in this platform, and they all look better than than this game. Sword and Shield looks better than this game. It just... I understand that the scope is bigger, but I just feel that they could have done just a little more. They're just like when you're talking to other characters, silence. There's no like jibber jabber or I'm not expecting full voice, but like there's nothing at, at all, you know, uh, and it's just little details like that. That's when you start kind of picking out great developers from teams that are not as talented when the little details that you should have seen here or there just aren't there. And I feel like when you look at it as a whole and, and it, it's hard for me to kind of separate myself from the fact that games, open world games do exist on the platform that are really good. And this game is really good on a gameplay sense, but it's just that the way that the game looks at times and plays, I just wish there were just, just a little more, just a tad more. And I just feel like Game Freak just, They've been kind of on cruise control for a long time. This is kind of them coming out of their lane a little bit, but it's for me, it just feels like they're not as talented as other teams. Not even close, to be quite honest. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to put a pin in that because I, I, I do have some thoughts on that that I'll say for kind of like the impact part of it um, and just my general takeaways because I, yeah. I do, I'm, I'm with you, but, I, but I, I, I'll get there in a, in a little bit. Okay. Let me kind of, um, I, I got some notes. Uh, let me go ahead and start with my, I, I do my usual pros, cons, and conclusions. So I'm going to go ahead and keep that, that, that going here. Uh, and some of this is going to be stuff you've touched on, obviously. Sure. Um, 
I want to start with the sense of discovery. Um, I think there's a real joy and, and excitement of, to your point, when you see a Pokemon that you recognize off in the distance or you see one that you've never seen before and you go that, oh, you know, that, that oh, oh, I gotta go over there and get that one. Or I gotta go, you know, battle that one type of moment. That, that is something that is on repeat all throughout this game. Um, because there's always something new, whether it's the time of day, uh, weather conditions, or certain places that you're going in a certain region yeah. of the map that um, present new discoveries and you know new opportunities to see some cool stuff, um, including the alphas and stuff like that, which I'll get to in a second. But I, I just love that they really nailed that sense of uh, of, of discovery, and, and that for me has been one of the real pleasures of the game so far. I think to that point, I love the pace and the leisure of this game as well. I, I really enjoy that. It's not, there's not a real sense of urgency going on in this game. You can kind of take it as slow or as fast as you want to. You can choose to focus on side quests. You can choose to just go capture stuff and build out your Pokedex. You can go after the main missions and just kind of come back to stuff later. They're really not grabbing you by the arm and saying, you have to play the game this way. You have to go this path. And I really enjoy that leisure because it lets me decide what I want to tackle every time I turn on that game, right? Um, the vastness and the wildness of the area, you know, graphical concessions aside, I, I love that feeling of this is kind of an unknown thing for these people. They don't understand Pokemon. They don't get, you know, they're scared of them. They don't get how they can kind of integrate into their society. So I love the fact that it feels more of an or, like an organic type of experience in that sense where the Pokemon feel like they literally are wild, you know, like they're just not, they're not at that point where they're tame yet. Uh, and they do lean David, into that. Uh, sound different. Yeah, and they, and they lean into it on the narrative side too, you know, with like some of the side quests and stuff of, oh, I, I really want to see that Pokemon, but I'm too scared to go look because, you know, yeah. what are Pokemon, you know? Um, speaking of Pokemon, I like the fact that Pokemon have different characteristics to them, especially when you are out into the field looking for them. Uh, without spoiling too much, I've seen like clips on Twitter that people record of like cool things that they'll do when they're, when they're spotted or how they blend in um, or like some of their reactions to seeing you, like... They, they actually do some pretty cool stuff with a couple of those Pokemon that I thought was really interesting. Um, so I like that they seem to have actual characteristics and they're not, I mean, yes, they are just kind of wandering around waiting for an interaction with you at the end of the day, like as just a game. But I like that it, they feel a little bit more like, like actual animal kind of creatures kind of doing their thing and, and reacting to you in some type of way. Um, yeah. the catching in the combat aspect of the gameplay, I think is really well done. I, you know, when we, when we saw that, that gameplay preview, uh, not too long ago, I, I talked about, oh, it's a lot of throwing going on in this game and it, it still kind of is a lot of that, but it doesn't feel like a lot, like I was afraid of. It feels good. Uh, the throwing feels pretty gratifying. It feels, you know, um, I really don't have any complaints about it at all, honestly. And it's, it's kind of gratifying to, to catch the Pokemon just as ever. Uh, the combat, I think, is really well done, actually. I like the strong style stuff. Um, I think that's really cool. I like the fact Agile, that... Agile strong, yeah. Yeah, I like the fact that you can also... You can pick and choose their moveset without like any like punishment of like, you'll never be able to use this move again kind of thing. I think yeah, that's yeah. a really nice uh, quality of life change that um, I think a lot of people have wanted for a while. Uh, the alphas that are out there in the map are cool. The bosses uh, are, are really cool. I'm not sure if you got to the first one yet, but I thought it was cool. It, was, yeah. it wasn't the most ex like deep thing I've ever done in, in a boss fight in my life, but it was, it was a nice little, like, okay, this is cool. Um, 
the Pokedex goals. I think what makes the Pokedex so brilliant in this game is that they give the repetition of this game meaning. You know, yeah. why? Uh, and, and any other Pokemon, once you've caught them once, you're done, right? But in this game, you can catch them multiple times to continue to grow your uh, your star rank with your with uh, your Galaxy team or whatever they're called. Uh, you can you have to fight them a set amount of times, uh, use a certain move on them a certain amount of times, and that makes it interesting to always engage with the Pokemon that you've seen and dealt with um, before. So I like the fact that they did that. It's really smart to keep uh, keep things fresh and last thing I'll say with pros is the music. I think the music is outstanding in certain areas. Yeah. Um, I'm in the second air, like big area now and at night the music is banging. I, I love it. It's uh it is it is really really good stuff. Um inspired by Breath of the Wild in a lot of ways. Uh it, it, the the It's hard to get around talking about this game without saying it it, it is definitely striving or at least trying 100%. to emulate a lot of the stuff. And that's okay. Yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah. You know. I mean the music is, the sound chimes are, the menu layout Jeez. is it's straight up Zelda. But you know, it, if anybody has a license to do that, it's it's a Nintendo franchise, right? So it is what it is. Um, now cons for me, uh, not not very many. I mean, the visuals, yes, they are. Um, they're you know less than ideal. Uh, we talked about that ad nauseum uh, up until the game's launch, and it's it's not the best. It, it's definitely not. I think it's a lot more palatable undocked than it is docked for some reason. Um, I prefer playing it undocked now, to be honest, because of that. It's just a little bit easier on the eyes, and the anti-aliasing being missing isn't so glaring anymore, and the, the resolution downgrade um, that happens in real time isn't as, as jarring, but it is a factor, um, and the frame rate does dip from time to time, but it's never extreme like I was afraid of. It, it really isn't. Um, I think the party swapping being reserved for having to go to that guy at the camp is not yeah. ideal. I think it's best. I, I get why they did it because you have an endless amount of Pokemon you could always put in your party. You can never be in dire straits. But at the same time, it is a little inconvenient to have to leave the village, go to a camp, change your Pokemon, and then you know do what you got to do. You could also you could also do it at the village in the farm. There's like a little farm yeah. village. Yeah, it's just I, I just wish there was a more uh, efficient way of doing that. I guess. Um, I wish that. If you were in the village, you can just switch him in and out as, as you please. Yeah. At, at the very least. I don't see, yeah, I don't see like what that Like, in the menu, hurt. in the menu, yeah. yeah. exactly. Um, I think the side quests are um, on the bland side, uh, unfortunately. I don't I don't love them. There's a lot of them, actually. I, I, yeah. I am not really focusing on those right now, because after a while, I'm like, okay, I, I'm not, uh, this isn't the doing thing it for that me. I- the thing that I don't like about them is a lot of them are redundant, where it's like, hey, complete your Pokedex on one of these uh, Pokemon. It's like, yeah, but that, that's already part of the goal, you know, to do that. So, like, a lot of those side quests pushing you to do something, and a lot of times, I've already done. So, when I talk to them, I just talk to them again, and I complete the side quest. It's, it just feels like a lot of filler. Yeah, uh, exactly. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, yeah, it could be better, for sure. And the last con that I have is more of a small nitpick, but it's too item-heavy. Uh, when you go in your item inventory, there's a lot of, like, you know, things you throw out as, like, lures for the Pokemon, and a lot of, like, crafting materials and stuff. I, I'm not a big... I, I'm not a big crafting guy in games to begin with, so it, it is a little... It just feels like unnecessary stuff to do for me. It's like busy work, so I don't enjoy going out and getting crafting components out in 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 the wild and then you know 
doing that stuff. It's not for me personally, but I don't hate it. It's just that it's it's a lot, and then I get tired of oh, you don't have any more room in your inventory. You have to go buy more spaces. It's, it's just, I I just don't like those no, kind of handicaps. No, not buy. You pay the guy to teach you how to do it. Oh well, it's fine then. It's fine. Uh, but no, that's really all all the cons I have. I mean, this game is special, man. I I, I am really I I love this game. <laughs> so I have I'm having a I'm having an anxiety. I have like an anxiety issue with the game sometimes because I'm like, okay, am I teaching the move to the right Pokemon? Am I, uh, am, uh the matchups? Okay, I, I'm like, okay, I gotta get these matchups right. And then it's like, should I evolve? Am I, is it okay to evolve him now? Like, it, it, you know, there's a lot of stuff when you you go online, people have all these. Oh, I, I, I work with some no guy. No attention to that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I and I and I and I never have before. But the reason why is because I am building my my main as a, a specific kind uh, that I saw that I really liked, and it's all about the move sets, not, not really about look. And I work with some dude, and this man knows everything of that stuff, like all that backside <laughs> stuff, just the way like oh oh this this is uh you know the the the, the IV score and, and is that how you say it? Oh, the, I I yeah the I the know. shinies all that stuff like he the shiny Pokemon like he knows how how to f- do all that shit. He played that game the first day it came out for 15 hours non-stop. This man has a game for less than 24 hours and his whole team is all alphas. <laughs> it's like this, but it, it, and that kind of stuff is kind of like, I'm not envious of him, but I kind of want to like, I dig do that. that. Like, I, I dig that. Yeah. 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 I, I kind of want to do that too. But then when he, when he told me what he needs to do in order to do that, I'm like tr- immediately turned off. But when I play the game, I'm like, I play just for the hell of it. And you know your main your your your, your starter Pokemon gets so powerful sometimes that it's kind of you start kind of mowing down uh, through some of the um, enemy types. But it, it kind of all things were like, oh man, but am I playing this story? But eventually I get over it. I get um, you. Do, are you finding that this game? as it later goes on, is a little bit more difficult than other Pokemon games? Um, it's a different kind I, of challenge. I don't know if it's more yeah. difficult. It's just a different kind of challenge for me than I was expecting. Yeah. Um, I think it's more about management in this game um, right. than I'm used to. And I, it's a good thing. I like the fact that I have to think a lot more. And, and you know, it's still a leisurely game, like I said earlier, but I like that it just kind of makes me have to think and plot out and strategize a little bit more. Um, and like I said, when I'm turning on the game, I, I want to plan what I'm going to do. So I'm, I'm making the most use of my time. You know, I, I want to devote time to just wandering around. I want to devote time to tackling objectives. I want to see if I can take out that alpha, you know, like I, I, I like the yeah. fact that I'm like kind of plotting out my, my Pokemon day, if, if you will. So yeah. I like that part and, and of it. I think, I think that's the genius of most Pokemon games. And this one yeah. is no exception is how you can play it on those levels. Like you can play it just whatever don't even care about matchups you're just playing the game to play it or really really get into the the matchup stuff and 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 you know be successful that way as well right um yeah now let's talk about the impact side of it because i'll take the pin out of what i was saying to you earlier i think that when it comes to game freak and it comes to this particular game i think this is the game that we should have had about 10 years ago (laughs) <laughs> and I'm not even saying I'm, yeah, I'm being man. half joking, yeah, but I, it's it's the truth because no, I agree. The reality agree. is is that yes, you know, by today's standards, when what what you see Monster Hunter Rise achieving on Switch, it's clear that in a lot of ways, especially technically, Game Freak is alarmingly behind. Right? 
Um, it's great that that's so funny that we we saw we 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 picked that out. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it, to me, it's just it's it's unavoidable at a certain point. You know, like I think that the conversation is a lot easier to have with hardcore Pokemon enthusiasts now that this game is out than before it came out because there's a lot of people and we know some of them that were like staunchly like nah man pokemon is still dope it's still dope you can be a fan of it but you can also admit that the series has been uh, like i said alarmingly behind over the years you you've you've watched rinse and repeated the same formula for decades right and i think that's a it's part of the the triumph and the tragedy of pokemon in my opinion, the triumph is that it has managed to do the the least amount of work, but stay the most successful, uh, which I think is a is a is a real triumph and, and something surprising that you don't see happen too often anymore. But the tragedy is that Pokemon could have been so much more by now. You know, if we had yeah. gotten this game ten years ago, like we were supposed to, I would be head over heels about the kind of game we would get today. You know, because it would be an evolution of what this game is, right? So I'm glad that the series, as far as the mainline games are concerned, are on the right track. Um, but I, I am well, this, also... This game is technically not a mainline game, which is crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it needs to be now. It, it, it would be yeah. crazy to go back to the old ways. But I, I'm just... I'm. I'm pleasantly surprised and I'm delighted to have this game in my hands now, but I just wish I was playing it well before today, you know, so that I could yeah. be more of a fan of Pokemon because of what the potential of this series actually is. So to, to, to close, yes, Game Freak has fumbled the bag, in my opinion, um, in, in more ways than one. It hasn't affected them because Pokemon's Pokemon and you don't have to do a lot to sell IP. Pokemon games, right? But it's just a shame. It's it's the triumph and tragedy of the series. Um, but again, I'm just glad that the the this game exists now, that this has kind of reset the expectation of what Pokemon games should be moving forward. Um, my only concern is that just because this game is well-received, I don't want to see palette swaps of this formula over and over again and no more evolutions for another 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, it, right. I don't want it to be yeah, like yeah. Ubisoft. It should be Central, unacceptable you know I mean? at this point. Yeah, it'll be unacceptable at that point. Yeah, but that's kind of where yeah, I'm at I, in terms of impact. To, yeah, and just to add, I, 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 I agree with you because in many ways, Sword and Shield has a lot more going for it in terms of like longevity like the online stuff the battling systems uh all that stuff is 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 it's been kind of stripped from from legends and so i kind of want their final and and i was literally about to say that no pun intended but their final evolution of with sword and shield and take what they did with legends and kind of mash those things together because you know what's funny to me and and one of our one of the friends of the show justin who's a huge pokemon fan and he agreed with me it's like all of a sudden, people having revisionist history saying that Sword and Shield sucked. When I remember when that game came out, everybody was all on it and and still playing it, you know. And so now with the change, the, how how much this evolved, it, they're now saying that which is not true. I I think that this game is wonderful. I think it is uh, moving the the franchise forward in a way that none of the games did. But it it has a long way to go to really be in the in a conversation with like other games that evolved like right. and i hate to bring it up but to 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 breath of the wild what what breath of the wild did for the zelda franchise this game did a fra is doing a fraction of that and 
it's a good step in that direction, but it's it hasn't had his Breath of the Wild moment yet. And, and I don't mean the way it looks or the way it plays, but like this game comes out and it's changed that franchise for the better, uh, and, and there's no way it's going back. Because I still perceive uh, later this year we get another remake or another Let's Go, and it's right back to the way it used to be. And I, I, I think that's still in the cards because I don't know how how confident they were in this in this in the way that they, this game was made that they've already started uh, other ones in this vein. So I, I don't know what's gonna happen here. I hope that they take a, a, a some time off and and come back with like a, a a this formula, but fully realized. And it's not really a thing about the Switch can't handle it because we've already know games that absolutely are handling it and they're doing incredible. Monster Hunter Rise comes to mind like we talked about, which that game is working on magic, basically. So, I mean, it's possible. And so they just need to... They just need to get there. Yeah, I mean, you know, in a weird, freaky way, it kind of reminds me of Resident Evil and the way that series mm-hmm. has been, like juggling the remakes and then the new games right, and then right. kind of trying to assess what their actual identity is in the middle of those two worlds. Like, it, it's it's yeah. it's definitely tough. I do agree. They, they need to they need to chill for a little bit. They just dropped the, yeah. the remake uh, late last year of, of uh, uh, Diamond and Pearl. They need to yeah, let really. this one cook for a little while, let it marinate, let people kind of sit with it for the rest of the year. And, 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 you know, I don't know if they announce any expansion content, but I would imagine there has to be some coming. Oh, I think there has to, and I think that's what that's what should drive the game here. Because uh, in terms of longevity, and having a conversation with the with the guy from work, he knows that there's not a lot past. Uh, you know, it's not like Sword of Shield where he right. was online playing other people. You know, like right. that, that, that they don't have that. So there's going to be some things here where. Um, I'm sure there'll be expansions, and I think that'll drive it. But but maybe they'll get lucky, like uh, like Resident Evil, and then have two formulas that work. The main maybe, lines that maybe. work incredibly well, you know, with the first person. We just got Village is awesome, and then the remakes with with uh, with RE2, right. RE3, and 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 how awesome those games are. Just kind of remaking what we thought that original series was, and realizing that in 2021 or in this in this kind of time. So, I mean, that's totally possible. If they can find a way to make the Sword of Shield formula of games, for lack of a better term, to work without Legends, you know, without this formula, and then have Legends be its own thing, I'm okay with that. If they make, if they manage to to evolve both of those platforms in different ways, that'd be awesome. You know, having two different kind of Pokemon games, and you gotta get to choose your poison there in terms of how you like to play Pokemon games. I, I think that'd be great, you know, but hey, we'll see. They yeah. have to figure it out. I, I would and I'll say this to close for my for my side of things. Yeah, and I'm done too. I think um I think this should kind of be the last Pokemon. I know I know it won't be but I I think it should be the last Pokemon on Switch and just come back strong with with the next uh you know Nintendo platform. That way you can show us a leap between what this game is technically and 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 structurally with what the next Switch successor is going to do with hardware up you know upgrades and stuff just to give people you know a, a, a true evolution from this formula instead of trying to rehash it quickly and turn around another game uh, to cash in although I wouldn't put it past them that's kind of been the mo for years but you know do you know the situation with game freak and how like how attached they are to that IP like is it nah. like is it like the it's like the Pokemon company is like you ha- they have to make this game? I actually I I wouldn't know. Um, that's that's a good question because but because I love I love somebody else to take a stab. Hey, at pass Pokemon it. Shit. Give it to Capcom, yo. Give it to Capcom or give it to or give it to Nintendo R and D. True. You know. True. 
after after Breath of the Wild two, just make a uh, uh, Breath of Pikachu. <laughs> Ew. I don't know what his breath Dude. is like. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, man, we talked about Pokemon. For a, we, <laughs> we talked about Pokemon for a long time, but uh, you know, as two as two guys, like we said at the top of the show, that were are, are kind of you know lukewarm, but kind of appreciative of, of Pokemon overall. Um, you know, we had to, we had to eat our crow, you know. Um, and, oh, and, oh yeah, absolutely. And hopefully, for some of you guys who are uh, and girls who are like us that are kind of you know not the biggest on Pokemon, maybe this will inspire you to give it a shot too, and 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 see uh, how you might be proven wrong like we were too. So uh, we know it was a long segment, but we wanted to show this game some love, and we're gonna put respect on this game's name forevermore. We're not gonna do any more of the uh, the funny names at the end. It is earned the right to be called its name, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, I even changed it on my docket. I had a, I had a funny one on the docket, but I I, I moved it back to its regular name because it has earned its place. If it's if it doesn't make my top ten, I'd be stunned. Uh, it is that good. It is it is incredible. It is it is it is a huge year for games. Uh, and it's gonna have so many incredible games possibly coming out this year, and Pokemon Legends is probably uh gonna be one of them because oh I yeah, mean, look, it's it's really good. Pokemon Legends, <sighs> Arceus. Ooh, did it feel good when he did that? Did it feel right? No, I want to say adjudicated, but <laughs> Arceus it is. All right, I don't even know what that means, but we're going to adjudicate to our next segment. Uh, Almost. <laughs> I hope that's not like a creepy word, but uh, we're going to go ahead and move to the next segment, uh, and that is Hit Points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right, so let's go ahead and shift gears away from uh, the Pokemon universe and and into the Star Wars universe. So, Pablo Respawn Entertainment will be making three more games in the Star Wars universe. In addition to the follow-up to 2019's single-player action-adventure Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Respawn also has a new first-person shooter and a strategy game based on Star Wars that is reportedly all in the works. So, how do you feel about this strategy, man? And and is this what's best for Respawn Entertainment? I mean, if we look at it that way, for business, probably. But for creative reasons, no. Um, I will say that them doing a huge IP, and by them I mean Vincent Appel and Jason West, this is in their wheelhouse. This is kind of their MO. I mean, I think when you look at what Titanfall, I think that's an anomaly in that because they came out of Call of Duty and they wanted to make a name for themselves. And from that, from from the fact that they had to prove themselves, came Titanfall, which is an absolute incredible game, specifically Titanfall 2, which is better than the first one in every way. So this makes sense for them because this is something, when I looked at their credits, it's what they do. They do big, massive, successful IP. And so this makes sense in that way. The problem is, is that we already saw what they can do when their back is against the wall in terms of standing out from their predecessor, which was uh, Call of Duty and Activision and all that stuff. And then we saw Titanfall 2. And we are all clamming for Titanfall 3. And Apex came out and also a huge success. I just don't think we were ever going to see Titanfall 3 anyway. And so with that, we're looking at at, at what they're working on, which is the the next three uh, Star Wars games. As for Jedi Fallen Order 2, I'm I'm down for that. I liked the game, the first one, quite a bit. I just... 
I just don't know what this IP has left to offer in the video game realm. I I, I think it's diminishing returns for me because, uh, I, you know, Jedi Fallen Order comes out and it's great. I'm looking forward to it too. But then a, a first-person shooter, Star Wars game, I don't know. Like, these games tend to never make it out to market. You got 1313 that was supposed to be, a, just comes out re- recently, that was supposed to be a Boba Fett game, which is a, a huge character that people love and they couldn't get that game off the ground. I don't know. I, I, I just, there's something about the IP that almost doesn't lend itself too much to, to video games, really. Uh, I don't know if it's because Disney and they want to really follow a one canon type of thing and, and they have to, you know, fuck around too, so much. They can't fuck around so much in that world. I don't know what it is. I just feel like it, it, it creates Creatively for me, this isn't the right move. I think Respawn has proven that they can do more when it comes to new IP or even uh, reiterating on what Titanfall 2 did to Titanfall 3, specifically a single player. Uh, and it's a shame because I, I I love Star Wars. I love Titanfall. I, I, I love Apex. But I would rather see something new or something in that Apex Titanfall world than another Star Wars game, especially since the history of Star Wars games just isn't very good, at least for me. All right. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I... I'm fully with you pretty much. I think my issue is not so much that they are making Star Wars games. It is that they're making three Star Wars games. That's my problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, to me, that's just overkill in my opinion. Um, and, and look, I get it. I'm not, look, I'm not a big Star Wars guy at all. I'm really not. I have a lot of, you know, I guess this is going to be hot take city, but I, I think Star Wars <laughs> as an IP is pretty overrated and pretty garbage. Um, I think there's way better sci-fi fiction out there that you can find pretty much anywhere. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I understand from a pop culture standpoint, this is your best opportunity, kind of like the MCU kind of stuff, to, to really net some money if you're EA. And if you're EA, that's all you really care about anyway, right? So I, I get it from yeah. that standpoint. So I'm not mad that they're making a sequel to Fallen Order. I'm not mad that that they're making a strategy game. What's really bothering me is this first-person shooter they said in this report. You know, because that to me yeah. is like, yo, that that should have been Titanfall 3. And the reason why is, of course, when you compare Apex Legends equity to Star Wars, it's it's not even close, right? Like, obviously. No, not, yeah. But we're also talking about what is almost factually and objectively one of the top three most popular Royale games in the world. It's Fortnite, it's Warzone, and it's Apex, right? I think that it would behoove EA to say, you know what, while we have people still playing Apex Legends or we're still supporting that game, let's expand this game's universe as well and let's bring people, uh, let's keep people in that ecosystem of Apex by giving them a Titanfall 3 with like a, a title that, that has like maybe Apex Rising or something like that so that people go, oh, okay, those games are connected or, you know, do something like that to show people who yeah. started with Apex that it actually started with Titanfall, you know, and, and give people a different flavor of a multiplayer uh, first person shooter that's not a Royale. And that way you can keep people sticking to your first person shooter system. The other thing that accomplishes is that Battlefield's out here sucking, right? Like oh, if you're yeah. EA, you, you're abandoning shit pretty soon on Battlefield 2042. That's almost, uh, almost a guarantee. So yeah, you can make a Star Wars first person shooter that's brand new and it might be cool because Respawn's good at making shooters or you can say, yeah. you know what, let's tap into how popular Apex is right now and let's let's give them another Titanfall game and let's let's just kill it on both fronts. Let's give them Star Wars, let's give them Titanfall. We make our fans happy, we make a lot of money, we go home happy, right? But it's just it's just really sticking to me like 
three Star Wars games. It's just to me, it's unnecessary, and I'm 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 not really here for it. It feels like they're playing catch up with what Marvel is doing because when you look at the Marvel line of video games, you have a third person action adventure game you have a game as service and you have a strategy game that's coming from the marvel and and so they pretty much hit all those things with ea and they're hitting them quick they're hitting the third person the first the the strategy and they're, we're still waiting on a game as service but we do have the first person shooter coming so right. that could be the game as service there uh like a destiny type of star wars game which i have a feeling that's probably what's gonna happen I, just just kind of reading the environment and, and, and how these games are made. And that would literally mirror what what uh, Marvel is doing. So let's just say that that first-person shooter is a game as service. You literally have the third-person adventure game, the first the game as service, and the strategy game. They're mirroring what Marvel is doing, but they're doing it at an accelerated rate because they are playing catch-up. Obviously, because of the they have like a publishing deal in place where it's exclusive to EA for a little while. So it looks like they're just trying to, 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 to emulate that at the fastest way possible and they're using respawn because they're so good but that's how these studios turn turn to shit really when when, when you look at uh was it a who's did it? obsidian yeah was it obsidian that did uh no it wasn't obsidian but Bio, uh uh bioware that did um mm-hmm. you know all those great opportunities and then they did the game as service yeah and it yeah it just it just all just fell apart well Anthem, it's it's also it, it's a lot like um you know Crystal Dynamics going from Tomb Raider to Marvel. It's like, you know, yeah. uh, Eidos going from Deus Ex to, you know, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, which that worked out ama- you know, amazingly, but still, it's like... Oh. It, 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 it's Marvel IP, <laughs> but it's like not as as well known as everything else. Right. So they were giving some leeway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll stay tuned to see what they, um, you know, what they officially announced. But that seems to be the rumor uh, in the streets about Respawn Entertainment. So... Ha- eh. How would you feel if it's a first-person shooter in the Star Wars world, but it's literally Titanfall 3, but with mechs and all that, but it's just Star Wars? I would hate that. I would hate <laughs> it. I mean, it's it's just like, what, what, but like, why? Like, you know, when they, because another announcement was that they said they're not doing another Star Wars, Star Wars Battlefront. So, okay, yeah. so then what are you going to do? Like, and... But, you know, the why is because if Titanfall 3 comes out, it's going to sell... A quarter of this, but if Titanfall three comes out reskinned as Star Wars, it'll be the best selling game of all time. <laughs> kind of that that sucks. I hate but that's EA, the difference. Man. I would hate it too. I would hate <laughs> it too. Uh, but yeah. you know, all right. Well, we'll stay tuned. Um, up next in our uh, hit points is uh, man. Rumors have surfaced online uh, that suggest Gears of War will receive a remastered collection uh, similar to the Halo Master Chief collection. Uh, Pablo, if this is true, uh, how excited are you about this? And what kind of hopes, if any, do you have uh, about this collection? I mean, look, Master Chief Collection came out and it, it, it was it was uh, it had problems, but they've ironed those out. And so I think they understand how to make this work. And so I'm super excited. It's only what four games uh, that they have to put in the collection. Uh, well, I don't even know if the first one has. Uh, does it, was it four games or five? You games? got Gears one through three. You got Judgment. You got four, and then you got five, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm tripping. Yeah. Well, I because I, I didn't think about I didn't think about uh, Judgment, uh, but I'm still a short one because I the last time they did it they didn't add five to it. The, the, mm. Like uh, how you call it? Halo Five wasn't in. in the, oh, 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 I see what you're season, saying. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's the most newest, but yeah. Anyway, but I, I I would love this. I mean, I yes, it's true. I, I don't think that uh, you know uh, Gears is as good multiplayer game as halo is but 
who cares? Having the ability to play all those games across and the way they do it with it's like one playlist where you can play one through four. Here's my question to you, though. Do, does the gameplay differentiate enough for you to be like, oh, I'd rather play Gears of War 5 online than Gears of War 4? Like, to me, 4 and 5 are interchangeable in the multiplayer uh, realm. I don't think there's a lot of new in any of those things. Sure, there's some new guns and stuff like that <sighs> it's and new tough. maps. But I mean, the meta's different. The gameplay, is, the, the gameplay pretty much has been Yeah, the, the gameplay's the same, but I, I think we're probably... Both of us never were like super into the multiplayer, so I'm sure there's probably some expert of Gears has played all of them hardcore. That's probably like shouting yeah. at us right now. Yes, it's different. It's because of blah blah blah. Well, know? I think the biggest the biggest thing that I've seen is is just how you know how much in the meta the shotgun is. is oh, big well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Here's what here's what I would rather see. I would rather see whatever they feel because, like you said, we're not experts. Is the best Gears of War multiplayer, and then. Every weapon, every character, and every map from all the other games in one package because it it it, it would I think that would work a little better uh, in my opinion. I uh, think it'd but, be easier know. to do if you're that team, um, but I think it would probably not be ideal uh, from a fan standpoint and the community standpoint. I think I think people want that the the option to to jump in and play little bits and pieces here and there and play that. Yeah. multiplayer and then that multiplayer much like halo um th- that community is you know they might not be as vocal as halo but they are pretty they're pretty hardcore like so they, they probably want they, yeah. they probably want the whole shebang uh but one of the things with with uh, the mcc uh collection is the fact that um the single players are also on mm-hmm. there so i mean if they were to do some kind of not remake but you know remaster of all those games That'd be pretty dope. Yeah, the single player aspect. Yeah, of it, I'm yeah. I'm excited for it. I don't have a lot to say about it, honestly. It's just more of a yeah, yeah let's do it. Uh, there was talk of like, oh, maybe it'll be Fable. I'm like, why would why would it be Fable? Like that doesn't. Well, the way it started was, I think Xbox era. One of the guys says that he, you know, he heard of a of a franchise within a very no well franchise within the first part uh, first party uh, studios that is going to get the master chief collection yeah and the reason why it got the whole it's gears is because tom warren which is a a person that's connected to to a lot of xbox and is an insider in that says uh replied to that to that kind of tweet and said that the gears are really turning on this rumor is what he wrote <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so you know that's pretty much and he's i think he's since then pretty much said Yes, yeah, exactly what you. Think yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm ready. Yeah, for Fable it. doesn't Fable doesn't. I don't understand the Fable thing I, because that I'll, the only way it would get the Master Chief treatment, which is not even true, would be if they remade all those games. Well, I was just going to uh, get would into be that. Different. I was going to yeah. get into that. But that would because, be different from the Master Chief. Collection. Yeah, I, I want to see what they do to kind of give the original trilogy and judgment a fresher coat of paint. Maybe they do something kind of like the uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, where they add yeah. a little bit more bells and whistles to lighting and shadows and stuff like that to kind of make it more on par, uh, or at least a little bit more on par with like what we would hope to see quality of life wise. But that's probably my biggest curiosity is what they're going to do with that. Um, yeah. And uh, just, just you know, I know it's they're all going to run at 60 frames, but what are you going to do cosmetically to kind of um, make replaying those a more enjoyable experience? Uh, we've seen a lot of really gorgeous games already so far. Right, yeah. but other than that, I'm I'm hyped, man. So, um, let's uh, we you know we talked about the Master Chief Collection. Uh, that'll segue us into a very interesting Halo uh, news bit uh, to round out our hit points. Um, Paramount Plus has revealed the first full trailer uh, into the new live action Halo TV series, which.
which is uh, set to come out March 24th on the platform. Um, <laughs> all right, man. What is uh, where? Where are you at? Let's just let's rip the bandaid off. How do you feel? Uh, and and how do you think this series is going to fare based on what you saw? Oh, this 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 tease this trailer just came out today. So you know we're our takes are are, yeah. are fairly fresh here. Uh, I obviously I have to wait and see as to what this ends up being. So all my thoughts are obviously from what I saw. And I have to say that when the teaser was released a couple of weeks ago, months ago, it was, for me, very good. It looked like it was going to be, uh, 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 it looked good. But this trailer was not good. Booty Look. juice of the week, baby. <laughs> Master Chief it, it's cool. juice out of his butt. <laughs> Ooh, that's graphic. Uh it's cool seeing like the Covenant and Master Chief, and yeah, that Cortana looked weird, but whatever, man. It's a new vision of the game. Those and eyebrows look, and, were eyebrowing. Yeah, man. I'm saying, <laughs> and look, yes, the most iconic part of Master Chief is his voice, and that's now voiced by an actor called, ironically enough, Pablo Schreiber. Oh, um, I thought it was Pedro something. Uh, uh, no, it's Pablo Schreiber. Oh, it yeah, Pablo Schreiber. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, weirdly enough. They kept the original voice actor for Cortana, uh, Jen Taylor. She's that's her likeness. That's literally her there, um, and that's not a nitpick because the character's essence is highlighted by his voice. He's very much the strong uh, but silent type, and so when he speaks, the gravitas and all that is it, it's really impactful. That's why in Infinite, he had a lot of lines, and each line that he, it was very like, oh man, this is so great. You finally, get to see more of him, and you know, obviously. I think if you're going to get an actor who's known with Pablo Schreiber, I think there's going to be a moment where we see his face. And so maybe flashbacks, whatever. Here's the thing. All those things could be different because this is standalone. It's not part of the games. It's not part of the, the books. Okay, all that can be different and all the fans are going to have a problem with it. But if this shit kicks ass and it's amazing, all that doesn't matter. It just doesn't look like it's going to do that at all. Like, I think uh, visually, in terms of the CGI, very hit or miss. More miss than hit. Uh, I, I think that centering around Master Chief seems like a mistake to me. I mean, for all the love that we have for Master Chief, he's very one-dimensional, and I guess I get the I, I guess I get the the challenge to make him stand out and be more of a human I get that but I I, I don't know because when I look at the people who are behind it they have nothing they have nothing of quality in their resume everything they've done is like fucking schlock TV shit TV like you know you know murder of the week type of stuff I don't like any of it and so kind of getting these people to do this it just doesn't seem very good to me you you look at the last of us who the head writer of that is it wrote chernobyl which is an incredible tv show he's he's a really well-known uh, screenwriter and you actually have neil Druckmann, who's also the uh the co-writer to that make that makes sense the person who made the game is there this is so far removed from everything where you have sure producers that are part of the halo franchise apparently but this is so far removed from that i they're recontextualizing everything we know about the the uh, blue team, red team, and fucking Bass Chief and, and Cortana and, and that relationship. Fine. It just doesn't look good. And I'm going to have a big problem seeing these beloved characters or characters that I believe are on the big screen or on, on, the, on the small screen and then just not being of quality. It, it, it just doesn't look good. And I can only judge it by the, the trailer. And I am willing, praying, hoping that when this thing comes out, it's actually good. 
But everything that I'm seeing does not look that way. No, sir. This it looks, looks crazy bad, ho. I think what I'm I think what I'm trying to do is not add to the voices of Twitter because everybody's hating this really much. And I'm trying to not kind of be part of that, but I am also underplaying how much I hated this trailer. Like I really hate No, nah, man, we got to we got to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're not yeah. we're not going out there intentionally being toxic about it. it. It just is what it is. This this trailer is meant to show the best of what this show has to offer, right? So yeah, if this yeah. is what you're showing me, you're you're coming at me what I would have to imagine is a certain level of confidence to say you're gonna love this, and I'm yeah, looking and at this I going, I don't love you, I don't love this, I'm gonna go out with you. Um, a thing is, is that Halo has so much lore that has nothing to do with Master Chief. the 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 majority of lore that we saw in four with the library and all that yeah. stuff is is thousands of years before a Master Chief, and it's so rich, but it is nothing to do with the core conflict that we see in the games. So them not using that at all, it's concerning. Because yeah. I would rather see a a story in that world rather than a rehash of or a reimagining of what I already know. No, I mean I'm with you. Um, you know, y- you really touched on something important. Um. Not every IP in the video game landscape is film or TV ready. It's just not true. Mm-hmm. It's just not true. You have, in, in Halo's case, you, you're, you're a literal first-person shooter that you have to yeah. try to convert into an action a, a series, right? And you have to figure out a way to do that in a, in a, in a way that's not corny, right? right. And, and boy, is this trailer corny. Um, you look at like the stylish action moves with like kicking up the sand to kind of show like the slow-mo effect of him spinning around and elbowing this person and flipping his assault rifle around and grabbing it perfectly and like it's just goofy yeah it's not the kind of crazy I want Halo to go you know what I mean it's it's not (laughs) crazy um it's uh you also have the issue of iconic voices to your point how do you how do you account for that they they obviously have the real Cortana voice uh, in this game, but they don't have chiefs, which is weird, but you know, I can get past that because you know, look, it, I get it. It's not Canon. It's, it's its own thing. I can live with that. It, but to your point, the voice is very dude, bro, soldier kind of like very whispering yeah. and exasperated. Gone. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. That's not chief. Um, speaking of which, I, hold up, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And real hot takes. I get it. The guy who does the master chief voice might not be the best actor. No, but I I get it. But but yeah, but you have to. I would at least try to find something more, like closely to that. But maybe with a little bit more range. But th- this is just too much of a departure for me. Then you have yeah. the the puzzle of we have to not show Chief's face this entire series and have to explain why to people who don't know Halo that well and they're watching this. Oh, Marco, they're showing his face. How are you gonna do? I, I get. I, I I agree. I agree. They sh- they're gonna show his face. I trust me. They, if they, if they weren't gonna show his face, they probably would have had the original voice uh, actor come up. E- I am- but the thing is, like, even if they do, yeah. there's gonna be a build up to that. Obviously, so how are you gonna explain? Not showing his face in scenes and having him turn away from the camera or just you know cut him off at the neck while other people you can see totally normal without having some kind of explanation of why we're just not going to show what it looks like until a certain point in the series, right? Like, it, to me, that's a huge issue, and that's a video game aspect of that. You know, like it just it's kind of like taboo to to want to see Chief's face. So if you're going to do it, I don't want to see it. It's tough, man. Um, last thing I'll say about it is that <laughs> his think armor you have any restraint. What? 
I don't think I have any restraint. At the end of episode one, my man's gonna be like, <laughs> and show his whole face. And he's gonna have the entire time everything on except the damn helmet. <laughs> Yo. Um, his armor looks whack. I don't know what it is, but when he's moving, you could tell out of place. his plastic yeah. is hell. It's like flopping around a little bit. You can see it kind of wiggling a little too much. Like, you're not blocking no <laughs> shots. You're twerking on camera, Chief. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> the, the CG, I know I'm on one today. The, the, the CG is trash. I think I think it's mostly it's bad. bad. It's like it's like sci-fi network kind of stuff, man. It's just not that it great. It is sci-fi network. Um, the, and they've been working on this for so long. I know, bro. And it's like, oh, this is what you guys have. Like, and then you have like the character. There's one character in there who I'm guessing is going to be the villain who's wearing the the dumbest sci-fi attire I've ever seen in my life. You see his outfit, like the blonde haired yeah, dude, yeah. like the weird yeah. collar thing going on that's like halfway up each side of his neck. Like, what are we you doing? You don't know, here? Marco. It's the future. That's you not don't practical, know. though. What do you got? What if you, you can't look to your left or your right anymore, bro. Cortana looks weird. Um, peripheral vision, that's so the past, bro. The future, <laughs> nobody has peripheral vision. Cortana, like you said, it, it, it speaks for itself. That's just a weird decision to make. Um, I get it. It doesn't have to look like a, a project a projection of a of a of a female like that's all purple or blue. But you could have did a little. I mean, even her hair looks so I don't I, I don't know what's intentional or unintentional anymore about that. Out the beauty shop. Because even her voice wasn't fully synchronized to the lip movement. Um and yeah. I can't tell, is that just an AI thing you're trying to show me? Is the hair supposed to look fake or are the eyes supposed to look that obviously like contacts? Like what 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 are you actually intentional about with this person's look? And I couldn't figure it out by looking at this chick at all. So I, I just I'm not I'm not I'm not excited, man. I'm really not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, it was so it was so butthole, bad, man. man. It was so bad. Absolutely, it was bad. yeah. Butthole running down the armor of Master Chief's thigh and going down to his Jesus. feet, his toesies. All right, no, what's happening? So disgusting. All right, so let's uh let's go ahead and get into the main event of the show. Let's get spicy and let's get to the checkpoint chat. It's time for the checkpoint chat. All right, we are creating a safe space in this segment. To tell it like it is. Now, I we don't know uh, each other's hot takes, so this is going to be kind of you know new to each of us, and obviously to you as well. But I've been holding on to some things that uh, you know, and I've I've played nice about some of these things, and I've 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 even kind of like half lied about some stuff, you know, uh, like oh I actually think that's cool, what I actually didn't. So I'm I'm bearing all today, and I'm I'm going yeah, all the same. way. I'm not holding back. Um, and neither is Pablo. We're, you might catch some stray bullets if you listen to the show. Don't hate us. Just, you know, uh, welcome a different opinion uh, that might be a little controversial and blasphemous, but welcome it. You know, uh, we're not we're not and I will say we're not being controversial for the sake of being controversial. We do believe uh, that's what I was going to say. I, I, I really believe everything on my list 100%. And, yeah, we might say some stuff and we might start laughing here and understand how maybe, you know, this sounds ridiculous. But I, everything on my list, I 100% wholeheartedly believe with all my being and all my fiber. And I'm telling you, <laughs> I got lots of fiber. <laughs> yeah, you've been eating fiber one all day. 
All right. You can't right. <laughs> ain't gonna be able to poop for weeks. All right. Ain't no poop in here, bro. We'll be talking about poop all day. All right. So let's uh let's go ahead and get started. We've we've had like the evil smirks uh all all throughout this. So let's just go ahead and get this this kicked off. We're gonna go round robin. Uh by the way, Pablo's gonna jump in with his first one. I'm gonna jump in with my first. We have ten in total. Um and we'll leave it to you guys to tell us how you're feeling about this. Uh if you wanna, you know, let us know on Twitter. Uh, if we were ridiculous or if you were right, uh, tell us what you think and think of some hot takes of yeah. your own as well. Um, but Pablo, it's time. Let's not waste any more um, minutes here. What is yeah. your first hot take? Talk so, to me. Ten total, five each. So here, here, here I go. Yes. Here, uh, the notion that Sony has always made the best first party games or has had the best first party studio, the PS3 era uh, of first party games isn't exactly as great as you think. It capped off the run with Last of Us, which is absolutely great. But when you look at the overall games here in terms of what they've done, I'm going to kind of run them down here. They're either they don't exist anymore, they're dormant, and that series themselves has been actually not very good. So uh, <laughs> this might hurt you a little bit. Resistance, Fall of Man, uh, it's a dormant series. Decent games. Uh, with one maybe being a standout, but by all means, not incredible. By any stretch of the imagination, uh, it is one of those things that people swear by. Why do you they hurt swear people? By this why do you? Why do you? <laughs> all right, keep going. They keep swear going. by. They swear by this game. Like I've people, major pundits, uh, talking about they need to bring resistance back. No, they do not. They do not need to bring that. They can, that shit can stay. I'm resisting that shit from coming <laughs> back. Right, that can stay where it's at. You have to do all that. Right, the next, <laughs> next game. Uh, the PS3 here era. Uh, Layer. Remember Layer? People talked that that game was going to be the next big thing. That shit came out and it fucking died immediately. Heavenly Sword. Dead series. Never wasn't that good in my opinion to ever to begin with. I think, you know, it looked cool when it first came out. But other than that, that game was really shallow in terms of gameplay. Story sucked. Uncharted. Drake's Fortune comes comes out on the PS3 and people think that that game was incredible. That is the worst Uncharted game, but as a whole, Uncharted as a series is fine. There's nothing incredible about Uncharted in any way, shape, or form, in my opinion. I think that with Uncharted 4, Lost Legacy is awesome, by the way. Uncharted 4 and, and, and 3 and 2 were fine, but ultimately... Besides the set pieces, story suck. I, I just I, I'm not really a huge fan of Uncharted. Now I'm not saying it's bad, and I want to be very clear. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that people think about Sony as one of these incredible first party studio games, and then they make shit like Little Big Planet. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't care <laughs> what you got to say. Little Big Planet ain't it. The third the, the, the 3D. The the 3D platformer that came out uh, apparently that's pretty good. That's different from Little Bit Planet uh, as 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 the even as, uh, as a and whole. by the way Dreams too that that game they did Dreams yeah oh, it's yeah stupid I'm sorry it's Dream, dumb. Yeah, Nightmare that's why I call it game Nightmare hey. uh, and then and then Infamous ah uh, guys Infamous sucks. wait a minute wait a minute I, I don't care wait a minute I, I don't care. I don't care. Inf- I've not, I always played the infamous game, and I every time I play it, I almost faint because I'm rolling my eyes back so hard <laughs> that I don't know. I was like, "What happened? Where am I?" I listen. I want to be clear. Infamous is not a bad series. It is just a ho hum, okay kind of series from the first one, especially that one that came out on PS4 as a as a launch window game. Tr- big trash, baby. I don't care who you are. You, you're lying to us. And what I'm saying here is this: I want to be clear. And the distinction I'm making is that every game that they've made is somehow like 
The Last of Us in terms of greatness, and it's not. The, the, and as you notice, I'm not saying Ratchet and Clank. I'm not saying these clothes. Those are good games, and I'm not saying they don't have good games. It's just ultimately, look, Killzone. Did I got did I got say anything no, else about no, Killzone? Really. I mean, not, not I, that, one. that no. It shit killed my vibe every time. I Why you that got That's all that shit did. I hate it. <laughs> I thought it was on words, man. <laughs> the David Cage unintentional comedies, Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls. Beyond I mean, trash. I can't really Beyond Trash, and then God of War Ascension, which was, which is, is it's one of those things. The necessary death. Mm. This game had to kill God of War in order for the God of War that came out a couple of years ago for it to happen. I. I I just don't think that Sony had the great first-party games that everybody talks about till very recently. The last five to six years is really when they stood out and they go, oh, well. And then you have people be like, oh, how about the PS2 era? Who were they competing against? Nintendo had incredible franchises of their own. All PlayStation 2 did and PlayStation 1 did was get third-party studios to make their Final Fantasies. And sure, they came out on that console. That's fine. But we're talking about the first-party notion in terms of the in-house studios. PlayStation didn't compete with nobody. As soon as it had competition with Xbox, specifically 360, and it had Nintendo, it was making mediocre titles for the most part. Uh, And that's just kind of how I feel about that. All right. You know? It's funny you start here. Okay. And one more thing, Marco. And for those people like like, Xbox doesn't have games, nobody's ever said Xbox has the... like the best first party studios of all ever. So that's not the notion. And that's not what I'm doing here. I'm not saying... PlayStation sucks because Xbox is good. No, gotcha. I'm just saying PlayStation first party studios before the 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 place the late place the PS4 uh, you know revolution started. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, fascinating start because my first hot take is uh, is is in the same realm as yours, but I'm gonna okay. get a little bit more specific. I'm gonna single out. I'm gonna single one of them out. My first hot take is this. Uncharted is a terrible series. Pablo said it's not bad. I think it is actually a bad series. All right. And I think so on a lot of levels. I I, I know people love some Uncharted. Oh, they love some Uncharted. How about Lost Legacy? I think that is probably the only decent game they did. Okay. But I can that's only say it's decent. I'm tired of sitting there yeah. saying it was great. That that's where I was getting tired of I love Oh, it. I love it. I love it. It was decent. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> Let's start here. Let's start here. This is a weird place to start, but walk with me, okay? Nathan Drake. This man's a mass murderer, guys. <laughs> it is a is is a is an absolute homicidal, genocidal lunatic. Okay? Oh, Sabu. He is Sabu. <laughs> He's absolutely ACW. <laughs> he is a straight up ma- he has killed thousands of people for trinkets. Do you understand what I'm saying to you right now? This man has, they have the nerve to show this, this, this man's like origin story when he was a kid and here's what happened at his orphanage or at the, the thing. It is, it is how he became a mass murderer, the backstory. That is what's going on. This game has never, this series has never made the murdering make sense. Oh, Nathan's yeah. such a charming, charismatic guy. Oh, you know, him and Sully, they're like father and son. But they're all murderers. They're all mass murderers. They are on sprees to go out and find some dusty artifact in some dumb tomb. Speaking of which, all the treasure fables that they talk about. Oh, you know, the 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 the, 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 the sword of 
the destiny over here. It, it, all those dumb fables blur together in my brain. They're all stupid. Yeah. They're all dumb. They, they, it is so ridiculous the lengths that they go to to try to find these dumb objects when there are so many more ways in modern society to make riches if that's what they really wanted to do. Like there's there's all kinds of things in that in that in the era of these mainline games they could have done to make more money than than risk their lives falling off of cliffs and in uh, out of trains and planes to go get a, a, a paperweight from some dumb tomb in Egypt, right? And, he, and they never make money. He's never rich. Never. He never makes it. And then uh, all the characters are obnoxious to me. They're all quippy. The banter's dumb. I'm sorry. I think Nathan Drake is stupid. I think his dialogue is terrible. I don't like his voice acting in this game. I think Sully is dumb. I think all the the uh, the, the femme fatales in this game are stupid. I don't like anybody character-wise in this game. The gameplay and the set pieces suck. The shooting is terrible. The platforming and climbing, to me, is garbage. The puzzle solving in this game, absolutely awful and in a total buzzkill when it comes to the pace and momentum of the gameplay. The constant near-death experiences, it's overdone so much that it's just like, alright, he almost fell off the cliff. He made it. Okay, like, how many times whoa, do you whoa, want whoa, whoa. to keep leaning into that, man? And then you get into the multiplayer stuff. A lot of people don't talk about how, how scummy the monetization was in those games. So you go and you look... Yeah at the store, it's like they sold everything individually. Like, every possible thing this game had individually. The list is literally miles long of stuff you have to buy in that game in order to kind of have what you want. Even stuff that, that it just, it, it's like, why would you sell that? So, I think the series from start to finish, top to bottom is just flat out bad. I don't want to see it come back. I hope they never bring it back. I'm sure they probably will because the movie's coming out. But it doesn't mean yeah. I'm looking forward to it at all. I think Naughty Dog needs to move on. Let this game be dead. Go make something else because Uncharted is big trash in in my opinion. So, whew, I felt good. I felt good. I'm so glad you got that off your chest. And it's funny that you bring up a game in our specific because I have another one here for you. This might not be as controversial. Okay. Um, I I think I think it, it is, but I, I think you and I might be in the same place. Um, and I think if you really think about it, I'm right here. Grand Theft Auto Five single player is bad. What? Okay. I'll repeat that. Grand Theft Auto Five single player is bad. None of the main protagonists have nearly as much death as Tommy Versetti, Nico Bellic, and while Franklin is the more interesting of the three, there really isn't any depth to him at all. It's a bunch of psychotic, unlikable people doing shit with no moral compass or growth by at the end of it. Like, literally, at the end of the game, they uh, they finish, they accomplish everything, and they're like, alright, and they just go off their separate ways, being fucking horrible, especially Trevor, just being terrible pieces of shit. And you're coming off of Nico Bellic in, 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 um, in Grand Theft Auto 4, where he was a uh, an immigrant in America story, really doing anything he needed to do in order to make it in America, and 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 that's one of the things that, that that really stuck. You got CJ from San Andreas. Uh, his character goes through the face of corrupt, he, the face of corrupt cops, uh, co- you know, and 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 just him being pulled back into the streets. Real motivations are real story things that are happening throughout the entire kind of uh, epic of San Andreas and and and, uh, and Grand Theft Auto Four. No real memorable 
characters to speak of in Grand Theft Auto Five. I, I, I really think that. I think when you look at Samuel Jackson's officer, Tenpenny, uh, Brucey, Roman, Packy from Grand Theft Auto Four, and then of course Nico Bellic, Tommy Versetti, CJ, all better protagonists than any of those guys. I, I get the shock value of Trevor F- Phillips being, oh, he's a psycho, and every time you he's like killing somebody, that's great. But that's it. It's very surface level. He's a crazy guy. Franklin's oh, this is bullshit. And then you got Michael, who's the retired former mafioso who doesn't none of them grow and really one of the things that San Andreas was praised for is how expansive it was and and how everything story-wise really taught you how to be successful in that sandbox Grand Theft Auto 5 is a huge incredible sprawling open world that really focuses in the single player, really focuses on set pieces, not really taking advantage of all those little details throughout everything. And it just relies on those massive set pieces. When you look at Grand Theft Auto 4, which was completely stripped down from what a San Andreas was, and it was criticized for that, but the reason they did that was because they took a more serious take on the story and what they wanted to do. So they knew that they couldn't really make Grand Theft Auto 4 and have all this stuff and then have Nico Bell get fat, get skinny, because they were trying to tell a really concentrated story and so they stripped all that shit out of it and they really did that they really concentrated on that story with with Grand Theft Auto 5 it's like everything no not a great story everything in terms of like all these little cool things that happen in that city really exists because they could and really because of the multiplayer uh Grand Theft Auto Online that was uh, that also came out with it. it it just for me, when I look at Grand Theft Auto 3, when I look at Grand Theft Auto uh, Vice City, San Andreas 4, all th- all that really informed the open world. The reason that the open world existed was because of the story it was being told. With Grand Theft Auto 5, it was like a huge sandbox with a ho-hum story filled with great, awesome-looking set pieces. But at the end of the day, it just wasn't good. It's the worst Grand Theft Auto game in terms of story. Uh, that has nothing to do with the online, which is, I think, the future of many games uh, to come. And really, when you look at with... Uh, and you don't agree here. I, I think when you look at what they did with Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption 2, they are talented. They have the ability to write incredible uh, epics in terms of story, and they just did not do that with Grand Theft Auto V. I, I really think history will be on my side on this in terms of when you look at the split of it, how much they were concentrated on Grand Theft Auto Online and how much they were concentrating on Grand Theft Auto Single Player. I think it's genuinely bad. That's my take. Let me tell the listeners something. Um... Me and Pablo he have agrees. been friends for about 27 years, right? Yeah. Uh, man, that's a that that is a hell of a friend. My best. We're not making mm-hmm. it to year 28. Um, you're wrong. <laughs> you just did wrong, man. Like how how could you? Uh, yeah, everything man, about just... that game story to me was just a, a blast from beginning to end. I I loved. There was there was a, a really fun balance to me with um, having some serious moments, having some fun. It, to me, it was the best balance of Grand Theft Auto's tone that I think they had ever done. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I loved the characters. I, think... I thought it was hilarious. I I really gravitated to each of them in in, in their own respective way. I have my favorites. Yeah. I have my least favorites. Sure, but that game was great from a story standpoint. Yeah, I you just, are I, just, wild. I I think that. <laughs> I think it's it was trying to do everything, and I don't think it. I don't think it ever really was. It, I also I didn't like any of the characters. I liked Franklin fine. just fine, but it just there was no growth in that story. It just at the end of it, I was like, mm. oh, okay, I mean, that's fine. You tell your new you friends know. that. 
Okay. All right. So <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to my second hot take. This one's got to do with Mass Effect. Uh-oh. Oh, snap. But it's not what you think. It's nothing bad, actually. My hot take is this. Mass Effect 3's ending is excellent. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm sorry. I'm tired of all the controversy about, oh, you know, it was such a terrible ending. It just, it didn't, it didn't close everything up that I had done and all the other games. Let me tell you guys something, man. Mass Effect 3 as a game, as a whole, is the ending of Mass Effect. People are getting so caught up on what happens in the last 10 minutes of that game that you really have to think about that game in totality to understand that from from the beginning of Mass Effect 3 till till its end you are you are you know reigniting old friendships and partnerships with other people you're seeing you know you're basically seeing their epilogues all throughout the game you're finding out what you know what Jack ended up doing after you saw her in Mass Effect 2 what what things ended up like for her and and other characters like that all throughout the game so you are contrary to what has been talked about over the years you are sort of seeing the the after effects of of what happened with those people post your experiences with them in the end this game was a game and there was only so much they were going to be able to remember that you did in mass effect one and carry it over to mass effect three what about the time i talked to the the engineer in the in the room like of course they're not going to remember all that the, the what the ending was really about in terms of the the real latter portion of that game was about driving home the futility and the ultimatum of the situation your shepherd was in. It was not about putting a pretty bow on your experience. It was telling you that there is an inevitability to what is happening in the galaxy with the Reapers that you are going to have to deal with, and what you choose to do is not going to be pretty, and it's not going to be perfect, right? You're going to have to make a tough call that's going to start all of civilization in a a bold new direction filled with uncertainty, and you're not going to get a clean ending here. And I really appreciated the, the boldness of that because a lot of games, when they wrap up a trilogy or, or, or you know, a big chapter of a series, they try to fan service their way out of it, right? And I loved the fact yeah. that this game did not elect to just do the predictable, hey, we remember everything you did and let's make it all nice, cozy and special for you. There are those moments of fond farewells and goodbyes of one last, you know, uh, toast that, you know, the DLC that came out after the game came out where the Citadel DLC was incredible. It was, like, it was a literal house party with all your favorite characters getting drunk and having little banter conversations. It well, was awesome. That- stuff that came up because people were like like upset about the enemy the the thing the thing that i'll say to your point is when i finished mass effect 3 i don't remember ever being like what the fuck about the ending that was like later like days later weeks later i was like people really came out and i was like oh i guess but yeah to your point when i finished that game i was like all right cool that was great yeah i mean i think the outcry that happened I think I think we're still feeling the effects of that to this day in terms of like fan outcry versus artistic integrity. I think I think a lot of what happened back then has has infiltrated a lot of what is happening now. I think these days it's a lot more focused around like bugs and issues to make games unplayable and then fan outcry kind of changing the direction of a team's focus or uh, promising course correction. But 
I think that it was a really risky time um, that Bioware, to me, I mean, I mean, I guess it's cool that we got DLC that, that added more, you know, uh, uh, more to the ending, I guess, and, and gave us more DLC to give us more time with these characters we love. But they they really could have opened a dangerous can of worms with this. And yep. it, anything would have been possible to, to literally rewrite endings to games for everything. Oh, we didn't yeah. like that. Well, you know, you have to Just respect. Kidding. Yeah, you know, you, you have to respect what these people intended to do. And I think if people would have put their rage to the side and memes to the side about Marauder Shields and that that funny stuff and really yeah. tried to, to, to dig into what they were intending to do. There's something really cool that they did with this ending that I thought was actually really excellent, and I and and I, I'm really glad that I got a chance to play the Legendary Edition last year yeah. to re-experience it again post all the, awesome. the 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 chatter about it back then when it first came out, because when the dust settled on all of it, it was really good, man. I I think really it's good. incredible. I'm even gonna throw a little little sub hot take here. I think Mass Effect Andromeda is a lot better than people say. Um, and I'll just leave it there. I don't want to dig into that too much. I think it's got problems, but I think people 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 gave it too hard of a time. It was actually it was pretty good. I thought it was dope. Yeah, it was fine. I thought it was fine too. I I I, I never finished it, but I thought it was I, I thought it was okay. Yeah, for sure. It's not devastatingly bad like people say it is. So mine is yeah, the Sega Dreamcast is one of the best consoles of all time. Now I don't think that's that controversial. To think that it could have been one of the best Sega, I think that it was. You know, I, I, I here's the thing. Let's start with the VMU, which is the the uh, memory card. Or really, it, we'll start really small. A, a really cool take on memory cards, besides the fact that you can play actual demakes of the games, like Virtual Trennis on it. The way you transfer was just connect two of them together and transfers data back and forth, super easy. It's that kind of innovation that really was was it was just it was. Just there, and it just worked so well. Huge, 128 kilobytes uh, a unit, which was at that time massive. And then you go into the games, great arcade ports that were on consoles for the first time. Not to mention the Dreamcast was the most powerful console during the time it released. Uh, so the best versions of those games were on ga- were on the the console. For let me give you kind of a rundown of, of the games that were on on the console. Power Stone one and two. Soul Calibur the first uh, first time on 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 consoles was through Dreamcast, and it looked better than the than the arcade version. You got Hydro Thunder, which is a really fun uh, racer. House of the Dead 2, another arcade darling that came to, to the to the console and it worked really well. Fucking NFL 2K1, Grandia 2, Ready to Rumble, Marvel vs. Capcom, Jets and Radio, Shemu 1 and 2, Resident Evil Code Veronica, which by the way, Code Veronica ended up coming as Code Veronica X to PlayStation 2 when PlayStation 2 came out, but the first time we saw uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica was an exclusive to Dreamcast. Crazy Taxi, Dead or Alive 2, NBA 2K2, NFL Blitz, Virtual Tennis, Rayman 2, and Fantasy Star Online. Speaking of Fantasy Star Online, Dreamcast had a modem for online games years before uh, Xbox took uh, took a chance on online game, like gaming. Like it was years before the Dreamcast was uh, was on its way to really start. Uh, it was on its way to to an incredible path. Um, Let's look at the power of the machine real quick. In comparison, through and I looked this up, through 1998 and 2000, the Dreamcast was the most powerful console on the market and outperformed PCs. 
when PlayStation 2 released in 2000, the Dreamcast, being two years old at the time, had advantages over the PS2. It had better image quality, it had better textures, and anti-aliasing. Um, Dreamcast at the time had incredible amount of, of, of virtual ram- of video RAM, so it was able to output textures on a higher set than PlayStation 2. Uh, and a survey showed that Dreamcast was easier to develop for the for uh, for was easier to develop for more than the PS2 was, which is a, a, an issue that haunted PlayStation f- through PlayStation 3. Xbox and GameCube followed, and while those consoles were actually more profitable because they came out four years later, the Dreamcast was actually on par in a lot of ways and could run could technically have ran games that were coming out on Xbox at the time. And let's not forget. Sega is fucking prolific publisher. They had so many IPs that were that could have come out on the Dreamcast and only on the Dreamcast. But the reason the Dreamcast was killed was because of Sega itself. Sega had issues with their hardware. Uh, they just put so much money into this thing. And then ultimately you had uh, Sega buying visual concepts. And then like a year later... You couldn't make any more Madden games, and then NBA went out. The, like you know, NBA was the only thing they could make. It was just like a, a, a series of unfortunate events that really took them uh, into failure. And then piracy, them being so ahead of the curb with the with the with the um, with the CDs, it was so easy. To, most games that I played were burned. Uh, sorry, that I admit that on here. Criminal. But you know, it's just one of those things where um, I didn't take a loss. Uh, lost confidence in it when they started releasing exclusives like Code Veronica on PlayStation 2. The competition, the thing that was looming over the Dreamcast release for years, fucking the, the own people who made it released probably one of their bigger uh, exclusives on the goddamn PlayStation 2. So it's like, what the fuck is happening? I, I think that the Dreamcast is really underrated. It only lasted really two years. It died after three or four years of existence. And it, it had more power, had potentially... It was going to have incredible games, having the Sega, uh, uh, the Sega publishing behind it, and just the fact that everything on here, uh, from the controller, which was dope, the via, the, the 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 memory card, all that shit. I think Dreamcast was fucking phenomenal. I owned it. I loved the shit out of it. I wouldn't let it go. Uh, and then ultimately, why are you smirking? That's what I want to know. <laughs> What's the smile there? You, you know why I love doing this podcast, man. We could have picked anything from anything about gaming. And we end up picking the same topics. Because I have a Dreamcast Dreamcast hot take. I was going to say for for a little bit later on, but I'll go ahead and bump it up now since we're talking about it. The Dreamcast sucked and deserved to die. (laughs) The Dreamcast sucked. And it, I'm sorry. I know I love y'all retro gamers out there. I, 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 I know I'm hurting you. Okay. But sometimes you gotta, you just gotta feel the pain. The Dreamcast <laughs> sucked. All right, and I got this is the one I got the most notes about. Let's start talking about the games, okay? Now I want to be very clear. I'm not counting Jet Set Radio because Jet Set Radio was the bomb. 2K, love 2K back then. Never played PSO. Uh, shout out to one of my close friends, Will. He was a big PSO guy. Um, Back in the day, so I, I'm excluding those three things from this from this 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 little soliloquy I got. If those games were so great, where are most of them? Where are they? They're dead. Okay, listen, or they just suck. Well, say they, 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 that's the problem. Shenmue sucked. One and two, they both. We talked about it before uh, in an old yeah. episode. Shenmue is big trash. Crazy Taxi was whack. Sonic was overrated. Was awesome. 
Blasphemy. Yeah. Power Stone was trash. Seaman was dumb. Sega Rally was dry. Virtua Fighter, bone dry. Space Channel 5, dumb and dry. Soul Calibur, mid. Mid is mid. Skies of Arcadia, generic. No Panzer Dragoon game. Why? Why? Why no Panzer Dragoon? Listen, these IPs, most of them were absolutely hollow. Hollow, forgettable, and they did not have the right franchises to stand the test of time. Up next, ugly console, awful controller, and dumb VMU. If you ever wanted to hold a controller that feels like you're holding a bent paper plate, boy, do I have the console for you. That is the most uncomfortable controller I've ever held in my life. One analog stick, just one, just one. Hope you don't want to, you know, uh, turn your camera like you could do with the PlayStation 1 with the right analog stick they give you. No, we're not going to do that in the Dreamcast. You just have one. You get to, you get to, to, to back up, play the games like you're backing up a car. Go forward, go backward, turn this way, go back. Terrible. The console looked like a cheap toy. It looked dumb. I didn't like the way it looked visually. The VMU had less space than PS1 memory cards. Okay? Plus the features that it had. Everyone always goes to the example of, oh, you know, when you play uh, football games, you can pick your play on your VMU and so your opponent doesn't see the play you're picking. If that's what justifies that dumb VMU being what it was, or some or like some dumb Tamagotchi thing you could do with it too, stupid. I'm sorry, it's just it's just it's just really really stupid to me. Um, the Dreamcast to me was a laughable answer to the PS1 and PS2 catalog. Uh, their franchises compared to what PlayStation was offering at the time with the Final Fantasies of the world, Metal Gears. Um, you know, Silent Hills, uh, you know, obviously the Resident Evil lineage, uh, all they really had to compete with that was getting Code Veronica uh, for a, a temporary exclusive. Everything else, the Crazy Taxis, all those other ones that I rattled off earlier, none of them could hold a candle to the PS2 and PS1 catalog. So it was, it was, it was almost DOA. Uh, DVD features, uh, the sleekness of the console, just laughable compared to what Sony was doing. It was even laughable compared to the N64's uh, slew of classics back then. Uh, just in terms of what you can play on that console, I'm sorry, just it wasn't that good. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, it, in in their failures is what opened the door for Xbox to enter the space and take their place. And at, for a time in the early days, some of their games too, when they got like Shenmue and Jet Set Radio Future and stuff. Um, so I'm I'm grateful that they failed because that's how we got Xbox to to a certain extent. They had no discernible identity as a brand. They had no real marketing plan to to figure out how to pitch that console. The Commercials were weird and trippy. None of it made sense. Um, they had a historically bad uh, track record of, of, his, of business moves and debt. The Sega CD was trashed. The 32X was trashed. The Saturn was a mistake. They were just on a trajectory to fail. And to me, the Dreamcast was the final nail in the coffin because the console sucked. All right? See, but everything you're saying is basically saying Sega was bad at making hardware. Because I agree. Sega was bad at making hardware, but the the actual like power output of the Dreamcast itself was was incredible. And the memory card thing, they were the same as PS1. It was the same kind of uh, uh, in terms of like uh, 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 space. It was the same thing. But the thing is, you're right, because in that Sega just was terrible at marketing the entire game, the entire console itself. But what the console was it could have been one of the great consoles of all time because of all the power outputs it had, but Sega did not 
have any confidence in it or within themselves, or they were strapped in terms of economically, and that's one of the reasons as well. And so they never gave it two years. When you look at PlayStation 2, when you look at PlayStation 3, their launch times, if you were to judge those consoles based on the first two years, it would it would probably not be great. And that's it. If you gave a console two years to be great, it's gonna be a problematic because even PlayStation PlayStation Five right now year yeah, two but PlayStation you, you, Two didn't have that problem. They came out swinging. Yeah, I know PlayStation Two, is, but PlayStation Two is the greatest console of all time. So you're 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 comparing the the best console of all time to probably you know the worst something that's no, it's not the worst. It's not the worst. I, now the the worst console is probably a Sega CD. Like it's still in the, in in the hardware, but a lot of the issues that you're talking about have more to do with Sega as a company than the hardware itself. Because the hardware was the hardware. Was was very good in terms of power out the games, but it just it was never given it was never given a chance, and it, it, it unfortunately it came against the PlayStation Two. I still think it could have survived if, if they were able to if fucking Sega put had put something behind it if they were really serious about it. But they were serious about R and D, and then when it finally came out, it's like they just let it let it to die. You got some of the best most powerful consoles of all time sitting right behind us. Two years in. They're not, you know, they're still get, you know, getting their sea legs. So, I think with time, Dreamcast would have been one of the greatest consoles of all time. And at that point, if Sega really put behind it, Xbox would have never existed because they did cover that same space. So, I mean, through the the death of, of Sega hardware came Xbox coming in, you know, and I think that's one of the one of the things that um, that I look at here because it power out, output four years later was still an incredible console and it could have done so much better. The games, the hardware and the marketing booty hole. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Straight booty hole. I don't care. Hate me if you want to hate me if you got to, but that's how I feel. I'm tired of hearing about the who oh, the dream cap was so great. Oh my God. I can't believe it died so soon. It had so much potential. It was garbage. It did. Let's, it was not garbage. It had great potential. Potential to die. Yeah, your uh, console comes out two years later, and the and, and the come out and compete with PlayStation the 2. PlayStation Two. You got no. You got no right analog stick. <laughs> what you doing? You got terrible first party games. You got no right analog stick. You got some dumb Tamagotchi thing as your memory card that has less storage than the PlayStation One, which it's not even competing with anymore. And it's it was it was. Uh, I already said my piece, but no, nah, I'm not. I'm not rolling. It was bad. It was bad. I don't think I don't think PlayStation Two did a lot of great uh, put a, that second analog stick to a lot to into motion until sure years later. Sure was nice to have it though. Like, do that feel it on your fingers as a massage little hey, look, thing? Man, look, my thumb needed it. All right, let's go ahead and move on, man. Let's go ahead and move on. What's your next uh, hot take? We're at number four, right? Ooh, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Majora's Mask is the worst mainline Legend of Zelda game. Ooh, some people, some Period. people balled up the look, fist if, when he's just. Hey, they, <laughs> And they're liars, and they are are pretenders, and uh, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Look, even before Breath of the Wild took the exploration mechanic to another level, a main staple of Zelda franchise has always been exploration, from the NES to the SNES, with Zelda 2 being the exception. But Zelda 2 at least tried something different that was actually kind of fun. Uh, Even further... uh, it was leisurely exploration as well, and all that is stripped out of Majora's Mask. I mean, it is fucking 
stress inducing from the get it atmospherically the game is cool i would give it that but other than that it's just not fun to play the time limit mechanic is is contradictory to what zelda has always been it never feels like a true successor to 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 ocarina of time even though it is its direct sequel and while we can commend devs for taking chances with established franchises it doesn't mean we have to blindly praise it they tried it didn't work it's done i mean look unimaginative dungeons no actual improvements from when it's a sequel to ocarina of time and there's no improvements from that ocarina of time is still the better game in every way possible pushing that franchise forward to eventually becoming what breath of the wild is there's nothing from that franchise that bled over into any of the other games they tried it it worked so well people loved it so much that they never did this again ever every mainline game since then has been pretty much within the concept of an open world-esque exploration uh and i i just i i don't understand the praise for this game look i i i i've already said the atmosphere was cool but everything else about the game the different mask you wear i i didn't like any of that i thought all that was it, it just felt like they took everything uh ocarina of time was in terms of like the the, the baseline that they had they stripped all the cool shit out of it and put dumb shit into it. And that was the game. And people were like, woo! We got a we got a sequel the first time we get a direct sequel to a to a Zelda. Who gives a, it's not look when you even look at Breath of the Wild, imagine Breath of the Wild 2 comes out and it's like, now we're gonna put you back in that world, except no exploration, and you have a time limit to do what you gotta do. You have this much time to, to accomplish. No, no. This is Majora's Mask is absolutely for me. Terrible. Unplayable. So do you have but, it worse than uh, Skyward Sword? Yeah, Ooh. worse than Skyward Sword. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like, uh, you know, it's all the mainline Zeldas, and then it's like uh, a, 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 it's like a drop-off the size of the Grand Canyon, and Whoa. it's Majora's Mask. I mean, it's... Uh, I don't know what this game is. I, I don't know what this game is. I actually clutched my chest when you said that. I didn't know you thought it was worse than Skyward Sword. I knew you weren't fond yeah, of it, man, but I didn't know that. Because look, when we look, you want to say, people say, you got to commend the devs for taking a chance. Yeah, I do that with Skyward Sword. I don't like Skyward Sword, but they, within the, within what Zelda was, with the exploration and the open world, they did something different, but it still maintained that presence of that open world, what Zelda's always been about. With Majora's Mask, it's like, none of that. None of that shit. Absolutely none of it. You know, the complexities of what Ocarina of Time meant to the storyline and all of the hero time. None of that shit. The moon is coming and it's... Come That's on, an ugly man. moon, man. That's, That's an ugly moon. An ugly ass moon. I, I, I just don't get this game. All right. All right. I don't have much to add there. I'm not a big Zelda person, so I'm, I'm going to let you I'm gonna let you have that one. But that, that shocked me. That shocked me, though. I ain't going to lie. All right. Here's my number four. Hideo Kojima's last great game was Metal Gear Solid 3. By far. Yeah. By far. Okay, let's talk about those two underwhelming PSP games that he made afterwards. Hey, did you like Metal Gear Solid 3? Cool, that's what's up. We're going to... Oh, oh, you think we're going to put it on PS2 where you played Metal Gear... Oh, no. We're going to put it on PSP and we're going to completely botch the mission structure and turn it into this little bite-sized game with little two-minute missions and, and, and completely ruin and undo important and valuable plot points from Metal Gear Solid 3, including, uh, sorry, spoilers, but bringing the boss back, but as an AI, 
That's really cool. Okay, let's let's just let's just completely soil the emotional impact of of this person's sacrifice for her country and all that. Let's bring her back as a robot. No, it's terrible. It's actually terrible. Um, Metal Gear Solid Four was an abomination. I'm sorry. I know that was an entry point Ugh, game for a lot terrible. of people, including some people we know. That game was terrible. It was it was character assassination. The game. It was. Hey, I feel like not making Metal Gears anymore, but I know you guys want another Solid Snake story, so I'm going to write the game in such a way where I'm going to make Snake so old and and close every plot thread up with saying everything is because of nanomachines that you're just going to be dying for the game to end. And then I'm going to bring Big Boss back at the end of the game, and then I'm going to kill him again. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay, th- thanks. Th- appreciate it. Metal Gear Solid Five was a mistake. Total mistake. You voice Solid Snake and Big Boss with David Hayter all this time. Boy, was that good. Perfect amount of camp, perfect amount of iconic sounds and in style. Nah, I like Kiefer Sutherland. I want to get... I, and the reason was so stupid. I want, to get, I want Hollywood. I want, I want him. And I'm going to give him a total of eight lines of dialogue as well for the entire game. He expensive. Yeah. Pretty pricey for a bad story. Poorly written. Oh, speaking of bad story. Oh, you thought you were playing as Big Boss the whole time, son? No, you're playing as some uh, doctor that we gave a, a, a face transplant to to make him look like Snake, and now he thinks he's Snake, and he's now Venom Snake, and he thinks he's Big Boss, even though he kind of knows he he's not. Too. And and then we put a bomb in somebody's vagina. What? Yeah, it did that. Did that. Oh, quiet. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna regret your words and deeds when you talk about her and about why she's so scantily clad dressed and everything it's because she breathes out of her skin was uh photosynthesis yeah she's a plant oh the code breaker he just talks about code or whatever his name was uh, the, the language guy the language yeah, yeah. trying to kill our language what are we doing here and i'm sorry talked a lot about a hamburger ocelot got ruined he was nothing more than a hey go over here to to start the mission he was he was a vocal tutorial so Most important character in the series, arguably, right? As far as antagonists are concerned. I, I, I think he's so. a walking tutorial. That's cute. Okay. Death Stranding. I know Pablo before loves that, it. Before that, gameplay-wise, though, like, that revel- that, that, that was such a wasted, oh, like, was, was good gameplay. incredible... I like the gameplay. No, I'm saying it was, such, it was such a wasted, like, thing because it was so good. In such a bad game, in terms of like the story, like yeah, I I I wish that it was good that we would have gotten more because that gameplay was amazing. But man, yeah, it just uh, wasn't a bad. Game. And then the whole time that was all going on with the marketing and stuff, you have Jeff Keighley dangling from Kojima's ball sack the entire time. Oh, what a game! What a game! What a good game! And, and that persists through Death Stranding. It, I I've come around to Death Stranding a little bit, but I just I I think that game is still mediocre. I think it I think there's a lot to like about it. I think it's a cool concept, but this is now the the phase of Kojima's career where he is so in love with his his concepts and his themes that there's there's absolutely no restraint whatsoever, and he just he just casts such a wide net with his ideas, and 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 something will grab you. Right, but it doesn't make the game great as a whole. I think they, I think that game story has a ton of problems. I think that game's gameplay uh, has a real identity crisis in a lot of in a lot of areas. I, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm saying, in keeping with the theme of my of my statement, 
last great game was MGS3. I don't think Death Stranding was 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 in the caliber of greatness that Metal Gear Solid One, Two, and Three were. I don't think it's even close to that. I think it's a, it's a it's a decent game. PT was a more of an experience than it was a game, so we can't even technically count that. I think Konami was right for being frustrated at this guy for taking forty two years to make another Metal Gear game and then not want to make a Metal Gear and then finally do it begrudgingly. Like they were probably sick of that dude. I'm not saying they were angels either, but they had a right to be frustrated about how long it was taking for him to make these games and 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 barely get them done like metal gear solid 5 wasn't even technically done and it's like all right come on bro like so i i of course there's two sides of the coin i'm not i'm not ignoring or abandoning that side i'm just saying konami did have some valid reasons for being frustrated because this dude was falling off i'm sorry his last great game was mgs3 so how do we feel about kojima the developer because when you look at that, that's what three good Kojima games and five bad ones. No, I was say I didn't say bad. That's the key thing. I'm just saying they're not they're not great. I think I think that yeah. after MGS three, the next good game is probably Death Stranding. But I would just say it's it is it's good. It's 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 cool. It's cool. That's like yeah. but okay. He's not he's not who we used to I'm be. Scared. He's not who we used to be. Because I'm scared that I'm scared that Kojima is. Not who we think he might he is be anymore. washed. I'm sorry. He might be. Yeah. Wa- we'll see what he does next. I want to see his next project. Get away from Death Stranding. Show me something different. But uh, Kojima ain't that dude anymore to me. I'm sorry. So that's my for- yeah. that's my uh, my fourth one. What's your uh, your grand finale? What do you got? All right. Um, Shadow of the Colossus is not a great game. Oh. <laughs> it's it's barely fine. Ooh. Look. Its open world is barren and lifeless. Its gameplay mechanics are tedious and boring. Climbing is frustrating, finger gymnastics inducing, and no, that does not make the game more immersive. The open world is useless. It exists for you to go from one location to the next. Long, boring horseback rides. A remake made the game look so much better, but was unable to fix the core issue of the game because all those things are persistent in that in that remake. I mean, it, it, I, games that get this kind of love usually reverberate throughout the industry and have long-lasting effects. Shadow of the Colossus is unique onto itself, but it didn't do anything. It didn't move the, the medium of video games in any direction. And we're talking about games that people talk about the best, their favorite game of all time, or or really talk about this game. I, I think uh, Iku is the better version, is a better game, is better than, than Shadow of the Colossus. Then you got, I even think, um, I can't even think of the game, but what's the the one that the came Last out more Guardian? recently? I like, I love The Last Guardian. People really shit on that game, but that game was actually, I love Controls that were a little bit uh, awful on that one. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. that bad. But they're one that's frustrating for me, I show the classes. There's no in-depth progression mechanic, bland game design, and yes, ingenious monster design for sure, but not much less. It's bare bones to me. It's a bare bones story. A simple effective idea in that my sister saved my sister with the littlest effort put into making it compelling to me. Uh, and of course, you go uh, and accomplish this, these tasks by murdering in, indigenous, unique, seemingly one-of-a-kind creatures. Uh, it, it just... I. The entire conceit of the game, I'm sure, was a good idea and, and, and really blew people away in PlayStation 2. But and, and that's not what I'm talking about because I'm sure when this game came out on PlayStation 2, people loved it, sure. But the carryover, the consistency that this game is in the same conversation as uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 and, 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 and games like Ocarina of Time, 
whatever. That's just not the case. This game, when you look at it today by today's standards, those games, those other games I mentioned still stand the test of time. This game does not because of all the reasons that I picked. And, I, and this game exists because, and, and exists in the way that exists because PlayStation 2 was a, a console that was powerful for its time, but this game was overly ambitious. So when that remake comes out, I'm thinking that they're going to do something. No, this as the game, Shadow of the Colossus is barely fine. It is not this great masterpiece that people claim it to be. Uh, and, and for all the reasons I mentioned, I mean, there's just better games that do way better things than this game has ever I would like to join you. I would actually like to join you. I, I, um, I think that the best and only contribution this game has made to gaming is climbing bosses. Climbing them, scaling them, it, which, it, which was cool as an idea. But to your point, bruh, I broke... I almost broke all my fingers trying to, <laughs> trying to climb this dude. I'm like, I had a sling yo, on my like, shoulder. Yo, crib signs I and threw shit. Every like, gang <laughs> sign up. I had people out of my house talking about what's that you claim? So, like it was bad. <laughs> I I I'm just climbing this monster. I have to agree. This game was bone dry. I mean, just yeah. dull. I mean, like, I get it. It's artsy. It's you know. So it's minimal. The storytelling is meant to make you think and you know connect the dots yourself. And it's subtleties. And I'm not here for that, man. Because to your point, Eco did that ten times better. That game was ten times fire. Um, this one was just an exercise in emptiness. It was just empty world, nothing to do. It's all looks, no substance. There's no real. Um, gravitas to anything it, it it didn't end for me in a satisfying way the twist about oh you know these animals aren't even like uh uh like you know aggressive like that you're the one that's doing all the killing they're just defending themselves again like that didn't do anything for me either the guys because hell yeah the dude that's because obviously they were just hanging just out chilling. in their little spot and you walk up and you stab them in the head just, like what's up of course you're the aggressor being gigantic in the streets like why did you do that why'd you stab him in the forehead dude that's wrong like i don't get it in the slow death every time he kills him he looked more sickly or whatever like ah, it's just it's it, it was it was whack i'm sorry it was, it was kind of whack i mean i don't hate it to the point that you probably do i i just i don't hate it i just i i just reject the notion that this is one of the great games of all time because for me it's not it, it really isn't and I think a game could be good when it first comes out, but then there are better examples of what this game has done and better examples of open world games. And these things, like there's games that were on my top 10 list that aren't there anymore because something came along and did it better. And and, and for all the reasons I love that game, I love this new game in the entry of my top 10 more. Same thing with this game. Like people will not let this shit go. Till today, I heard a podcast today talking about, oh, I love Shadow of the Claws, one of the greatest games of all time. How? (laughs) How do you play this game and think it's one of the greatest games of all time? It's like so empty. It's so bone dry. And the same people will sit there and be like, well, Breath of the Wild is empty and and, and Pokemon Legends uh, Arceus is empty. Bitch, look at this game. The game that you just talked about being the greatest of all time. This shit barely got shrubbery. They barely no shrubbery no in this bitch. Like, this is, I don't want no shrubs. Okay. I'm sorry. Not, it, it just, it's just one of those things where I am baffled and at a, at a loss. And this is in no way am I trying to be cutesy or, or trying to be like controversial. I truly believe that this isn't even the best game in that trilogy of games that they did. So, okay. hey. I, I, I actually agree. I do agree. 
Yeah. All right, my grand finale. Uh, all right, guys. Here's the thing. PC gaming sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. All that oh, PC master race PC gaming is the master race. Nah, man. I'm sorry. No, it's not. First of all, let's talk about the cost and the building of, of your of your gaming rigs. Uh, there's always that one dude, right? Oh, I can build you one that can run this type of graphics for $7. There's always that one guy. In the moon! There's always that one dude that will say, oh, the, the contrarian. Oh, you just you just need, I could help you. I'll build it for you. I'll give you this. You'll run it 1080p and easily with high settings. Oh, cool. I like being in graphic settings, hell. Thanks. I, I, w- I would love that. I would love sitting in the menus and deciding how... Um, my, how many sh- how how well my shadow effects should be? Oh, I'll choose low uh, settings. How about I just go play it on console where it's optimized for me? Why don't Why don't I just do that? I don't want to sit in these menus and have to decide based on whatever graphics card I have that I could afford or whatever I built that it can and can't do certain things. How to customize this game to not run like crotch on my on my PC? I'm not doing that. It's 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 ineffective. I'm gonna sit in menus all day, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna personally end up. Like jealous that I can't run games at higher ultra settings, and I don't want to have that kind of choice in my hands. I'd rather, I want to leave that responsibility to the developer. I don't want to pick my own settings for anything like that. I'll pick other settings. Not, not don't. I don't want to have to choose uh, how good or ugly my game has to look. Make the choice for me. That's what I'm paying sixty to seventy dollars for a pot for these games. Okay. Speaking of optimization, most games that come to PC, from what I know and what I've heard, are poorly optimized nine times out of ten and always end up crashing or having some type of weird problem. If you go on Reddit or most message boards, 90% of what you see is, I, I don't know what's going on. I, every time I try to boot up the game, it crashes on me. And everybody is like, update your driver. Yeah, update your driver. All this dumb, uh, these dumb hoops you have to jump through and, and, and no one can tell whether it's user error or it's actually the game's fault or something because everybody's rigs are different it, it's 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 too much of the wild west and you can't really figure out whether it's actually your fault your pc's fault or the game's fault and it, it's it's just too much of a headache yeah put the that's the beauty of, of of playing console games is you you cut out all of the figuring out of of that stuff it's either the game or it's the console but it's, it's never you yeah it's never your choices it's the, you know what i mean it's like that it's like the Android versus Apple yes, conversation yes. where the Android has to make an operating system for 500 different versions of the phone while Apple only has to do it for the That's one. That's exactly right. Um, I I agree with you to an extent because I think if you have got, the money... I got more points though, but go ahead. Okay, go, go for okay. it. Cheaters, hackers, yep. trolls, yep. everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Hey, you like playing games online? Well, guess what? Player Rick over there has got an aimbot. He's gonna see, he's gonna kill you under the map. Sorry. Oh oh, and, and it's so bad that it's even affecting console gamers because of crossplay now. Well, the worst part of, part about crossplay is not playing against Xbox or PlayStation owners. It's playing against the PC crowd because you can't trust that. What like on Halo Infinite? I was on there a couple weeks ago. I never told you this. I'm playing against dudes that have completely made up skins that they made themselves. That are that are that are under the map, all the way under the map. I'm like, oh, this is this is a good time. I wish I... Oh, and, and of course, Halo Infinite doesn't have an option to turn that off right now. But that's the problem. It should be an honest feature, an earnest feature that makes gaming better because everybody can play together. 
But when the when the when the community is so saturated with with cheaters and hackers and trolls, it, you know Titanfall one and two right now are completely ruined on the PC and console side because people are you know hacked it and and if you if you, they even said at one point if you log in the game you're at risk of having your personal information uh, provided to oh, that's people. It? What are we doing? That's it. Why do I only personal? Why do I want to subject myself to the inconvenience of getting a game to run of of having to build or buy a gig that's probably going to end up at or a little bit more expensive than a console I can get that'll make all those decisions for me, right? Be stuck in graphic settings, hell. Also, a little bit petty, but I think mouse and keyboard is kind of overrated. I'm sorry. I press Q to, to do the WASD. I'm sorry. Why are we still doing this in 2022? Like, most people admittedly do use controllers. They plug them in, play their games with controllers. That's a smart thing to do. But I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not using my mouse and keyboard all the time. And and going back to the crossplay thing, it is so annoying to have to, you know, be at you know, some di- certain disadvantages playing shooters against people who play with mouse and keyboard. But what's most annoying is the people that swear by it. Well, PC Master Race, because I could use my mouse and keyboard and I could press all the buttons. F3, Again. F3, E2. What do we do? Uh, I'm sorry. PC Again, gaming it's the same, sucks. It's, just, it's the same thing with, with Android, where people go, oh, I could do so much thing with my Android phone. I can change the background. All right. Well, can it run without dying in five minutes? <laughs> you know, like, you know, can it do the things that a phone is supposed to do? Yeah. I, I agree with you to an extent. I, I do think if you have the money, you're going to have, if you're, if you have, if you're economically settled, you can get the best oh, rigs all the time. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. And, and the cheating stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. There's, there's, there's ways around that. And again, you have to be pretty savvy to, to get through that. So there is, there is a, a sect of people who have the money, who have the know how that probably have the best experience in games. Yeah, sure. But that's not the case for everybody. And that didn't come more apparent to me when the Xbox uh, Series X came out and PS5 came out when they were like, there is no way. And these people who like, uh, I think his name is uh, Linus Tech Reviews or something on YouTube, where there is no way that you can build a PC for $500 that does what the Series X and the PS5 does. At least that was at launch. So you're at, at that point, you're getting a, a console that is technically runs better than a $500 rig, you know? So at that, and already optimized for you. Right. So yeah, you're completely right. So yeah, I, I think that, I do think that there's a little bit of a changeover, especially with these consoles now that are basically PCs, uh, of that going away because, you know, you can you can really see the writing on the wall with, with there's there, we, we've reached a plateau with technology yeah, yeah. in that sense. And, and I also want to be clear that I'm not saying that console gaming is perfect at all. It has downsides too, no, for right, sure. Yeah. But I, I think more than anything, it's just the, the braggadocious energy of like, yo... You really want a game game, you can get a PC, get the certain graphics card, set you up, you, you never look back. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. going to play optimization, uh, you know, p- puzzle work to just to get my game to run properly and hope that it doesn't have some crashing issue because, it, like you said, some, some dumb driver thing that I'm not even thinking about. Like, I'm not dealing with all that. Yeah, Steam is cool. Cheaper games, better discounts, better yeah, deals. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm not saying that it. I'm saying that that PC gaming, as a whole, is just not it. I'm sorry. Console gaming to me is a vastly superior experience. The other thing that I forgot to mention is that there's no exclusive games type of situation on PC gaming either. Yeah, yeah you get. I mean, you get a lot of. There is some. You get some, but, and you get you probably get a more diverse array of games um, that only work on PC, but. 
um, I would say overall, like it's at the end of the day, the thing about the, the, the catalog is that exclusives, um, exclusives to me, uh, I think the thing with those is that I can't play God of, I mean, I can play God of War on P, on PC now. I can play Halo yeah, yeah, on PC yeah. now, but in the end, like I I know when I go get a, a PlayStation platform or an Xbox platform, or especially a Nintendo platform, I am never going to get that experience Nintendo. on PC, I, or or I might not get it right away or first or something like that. So you have to wait. You, you have, have to, to wait. wait. Yeah. So I just think that. Um, the exclusivity aspect of the first party studios, the second party studios, that kind of thing, you you can't beat that uh, on PC. Even if you know, even if games are cheaper, you just you have to. You end up having to play console now, games at some point anyway. You might as well play. Now Xbox is changing that a little bit because you know Xbox is the ecosystem, and so your Gears of War and everything will start will be on PC now. But that's one of the three big ones. You know, that's just yeah. one of the three. Yeah. But uh, yeah, shots fired. Shots fired. Sorry if we hit you. Um, sorry if we hurt you. We didn't mean it. We hope you still listen to our show. But you know, we uh, we had to we had to get it off our chest, man. It's therapy for us, and uh, I feel better. I feel lighter as as a person, as a man. I do too. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's gonna wrap it up. Man. Uh, that's gonna do it for this week's show. Um, on behalf of Pablo, uh, you know, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, uh, give our podcast a sub if you enjoyed this and, and, and you're willing to forgive us if we, if we offended you and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at cooldown time podcast or Twitter, uh, at cooldown time pod. So that will always be in your FOV. You're welcome. We'll see you next time.